I'm your host, Kevin Owens. Welcome to The Zone. I'm joined, as always, by Mike Gould, sports nut, sports enthusiast, sports fan, uh, Mike Gould. Also, uh like to thank our sponsors tonight, Foam Pack, supplier of all Graco products. We are just a phone call away, 888-458-2928. First hour brought to you tonight by Advocare, South Jersey Orthopedic Associates. Go see Dr. Wetzler, for all your orthopedic needs, 856-424-8866. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back at it this week. Lots to to talk about. Uh, We will be joined this week by uh, two two different guests, George Visker. Uh, George was a uh, former defensive tackle from the San Francisco 49ers, won a ring, uh, sustained major concussion the first quarter of a game, uh, yet played the remainder of the game. Uh, was given smelling salts to kind of bring him back and kept playing. Uh, later developed hydroce- hydrocephalus and uh, underwent emergency brain surgery. In total, uh, had what four, eight brain surgeries? I think I think I think it was four, Kev. If, uh, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, he was given last rites uh, and now is a well-known expert on uh, traumatic traumatic brain injuries. Uh, George will be uh, joining us to talk a little bit about concussions tonight. That should be a, a topic that I think is, should be talked a lot about because it's it's very important, especially in youth sports, uh, NFL starting now. It's a, it's a very relevant topic. Yeah, it really is, Kev. Um, you know, as you know, my wife is an athletic trainer at a local high school, and she deals a lot with concussions, and she has to be very careful as well. When you're dealing with concussions, if you let an athlete back on the on the field or court or you know wherever too soon you can deal with some legal ramifications. So you have to really be careful with concussions, especially nowadays they've become so prevalent and all the news coming out about, you know, the, the various brain injuries and long-term effects of concussions. I think uh, it, it really it really benefits to sit out a little bit longer than probably the athlete wants to. But in the long term, looking back, if you ask a lot of quarterbacks, Troy Aikman and Steve Young, if they probably should have sat out a little bit longer or more than they did now, they probably would say yes. I know Steve Young and Troy Aikman both have recurring headaches all the time and stuff from from concussions. So obviously football is a little more prevalent than other sports. But, yeah. You know, I, it's it. I'm it's I'm I'm really looking forward to talking to George in terms of. I mean, Kev, he wins the Super Bowl and four months later he's given his last rights. It's unbelievable. And uh, this yeah. Brain surgeries and and ten hours of two brain surgeries, ten hours apart. I mean. It's going to be very neat and interesting talking to him and getting his perspective on life as well as the various brain 
Trauma yeah, to, you know. exactly. Traumatic brain injuries. Uh, you see it more and more, and I think with the with the harder hits, the the bigger equipment. I mean, the NFL changed the rule saying you can't leave with your helmet with as a defensive player. Offensive players can't leave with their helmet. And people were complaining. It's like, listen, it's not a weapon. It's then go back to the old helmets. Like it's you, they right, won't leave right. with their heads if they go back to the old helmets. Go it's back just, to leather. Exactly. So, I think it's it's people need to. Pardon the pun, but use their heads and actually uh, try to try to figure out the best way to stop all the concussions, all the traumatic brain injuries that uh, occur. Well, you said it too, Kev. The, these athletes are getting so big and so strong, especially the football players. That I mean, every hit and 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 if you listen to a lot of the experts, and I'm sure George can speak to this a lot better than we can, that it's the repetitiveness and the repetitive hitting as a, as opposed to that one big hit. So a lot of times. It's the years and years of the little hits, play mm-hmm. after play. Very rarely, I mean, I, I think that's what causes the long-term damage. Yeah. The short term is obviously you get a, one big pop uh-huh. and you're kind of you know, on, on cloud nine. But I think it's the, they say too, and, you, and you're a big soccer fan, Kev, that a lot of times head, repetitive head balls uh-huh. over years and years of head balls will kind of have a little bit of an effect on the brain as well. Yeah, the, I mean... A sport like soccer, soccer is pretty interesting because it it does. Uh, you're constantly you're using your head. You can't use your hand or your hands, so you're just using your feet. You're using your head. Constant head balls. I mean, I, I watched not too long ago. A guy took a took a kick directly in the head. I mean, when you're that close close up, getting a getting a ball in the head doesn't does not feel good. Do you see? By the way, speaking of balls to the head, did you see the uh, uh, Rafael Nadal? Hit uh, Djokovic with a with I, a with a little with a little. I did see that. A little love love ball right in his face. I did see that. Yeah, it was it was pretty interesting. He he they they trade traded jo- uh, drop shots and then Nadal came down and just blasted one off his head. Djokovic was not right. was not impressed. Well, my buddy who we had on the program earlier, a tennis instructor, we had on the program a few weeks ago. He said a lot of the times when the guys rush the net, the tennis players, the smartest mm-hmm. thing to do is hit it right at them. Yeah, because you can't do anything. You hit it left or right, they can hit it with a forehand backhand. You hit the ball right at someone, it's a little bit uh, more difficult to react. But, uh, yeah, that was pretty interesting. Uh, so a lot of concussion talk to, the talk tonight. Obviously, when we get uh, George on the line, um, you know, that should, that should be pretty fun. But I know, Kev, we had a couple bets going back and forth on Twitter. Uh, myself, you, Adam, Zach, Chris, about the PGA Tour. Um, you took Tiger. I don't recall. You this. you took Tiger and you offered me the field, which I'll take every day of the week. Now this is two thousand two thousand one. I I probably would I would take Tiger, but nowadays Tiger just uh, not consistent enough right now. Yeah, Tiger's Tiger's hurting me, and and that's the thing. I mean, I get I see I get all amped up when he wins. You know, I'm like I, I get amped up. He but, won he won the other day. I was I was I was amped up. But like I told I like I told our buddy our intern Chris that. Tiger's judged on Chris says, well, he just won last week with all the 50, you know 50 best players in the world, but Tiger's judged on majors, not Bridgestone. So he can win all these little tournaments here and there, but when it comes down to it, Tiger's about winning majors and breaking Jack Nicklaus's record. Mm-hmm. And he can win Bridge. I'm sorry. It's actually Sam Snead's record. I'm sorry. Hold on. Hold on. First, uh, Stat Statman, go ahead. Can you speak into the microphone now, please? God, you you go away for a few weeks and suddenly you can't, you can't remember how to how to operate this. Sam Snead's record, eighty 
Two or eighty three? No, I'm talking majors. Yeah, majors? Yes. Alright, I'll sit here. Yeah. And turn your turn your mic up a little bit. On there. <laughs> I do that. Um yeah, so Tigers judge more on majors and his putter's really letting him down, Kev. Um he he's not that consistent off the tee and there's guys aren't afraid of him anymore. Like we like I was like we were talking earlier. Back in the two thousand early part of the decade, when you're in that last group with Tiger on Sunday afternoon, nine times out of ten the other guys are going to collapse. Tiger's going to hit a, an unbelievable shot, hook a ball around the tree, it's going to land four feet from the pin, and then guys feel like they have to go all out. Inevitably, inevitably they're going to make mistakes. But guys just now aren't afraid of Tiger anymore. It's kind of like when Mike Tyson, when Buster Douglas knocked out Mike Tyson. Guys weren't afraid of Tyson anymore. Tyson used to beat guys before they came to the ring. He used to come in with the all-black. You know, guys were scared to death of him. Now, guys just guys weren't afraid of him, and guys aren't afraid of Tiger anymore. And I think that's huge that he doesn't have the edge. Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a shame. I feel... Uh, no, it's not. Yes, it is, because he's for good what? He's good for golf. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. He's good for golf. Like, the, you don't want to. I don't. People don't want to watch anyone. Like, although Duff, the the what, what Duffner, he's 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 a he's a physical specimen in, in good himself. Good for TV. He, I'll tell you what, he is good for TV. And I was I was watching uh, watching the tournament on Sunday, and uh, one of my friends sent me a picture of the Duffnering, whatever that the new trend Duffnering. That is the most ridiculous picture picture I've ever seen in my entire life. All the uh. All of the like his friend golfers tweeted pictures of that, and it was like a trending topic. But so he was in in a classroom, just hanging out and sitting like yeah, that. Yeah, he was doing some charity. Then he was that's actually how he was sitting, and it's so Keegan like Bradley is one of his good, you know, Keegan Bradley. Yeah, yeah. He was the one that uh, like uh, tweeted the picture out. And didn't just, in in 2011? Uh, didn't Keegan Bradley beat? Uh, Duffner had a five-stroke lead, and then he put one in the water on the playoff they, or something like that. They went into a three-hole playoff. And Duffner put one in the water, right? I don't remember if he put it in the water, but I know Keegan Bradley beat him. Yeah, yeah he put it in the was, water on 15. Yep, he was up five. I think he was up five strokes too in the uh, in regulation. That's, it's pretty. I don't know the 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 Duffnering thing was. I just can't imagine you going to a school and you're a prof. Pro, I mean, quote unquote, professional athlete. I think you know golfers do deserve. It's a skill game, but, you know, Duffner doesn't look like a physical specimen. You know what he looks like to me? Every time I look at him, I think it's I think it's uh, Matt Stafford, the quarterback of the Lions. If Matt Stafford was listening right now, he'd drive to Cherry Hill and kick both our asses. You think? Uh, probably he's a probably Philly, the he's, he's a Philly guy, by the way. Yeah. He's uh, he's uh, up, like, other yep. side of Pennsylvania. Yep. Yep. On well, the, uh, yep. well, Pennsylvania guy, I should say. Pennsylvania guy. Yeah, I should yeah. say Philly guy. Other, other suburbs over there. Right. So... That's pretty interesting. You have Flacco, Matt Ryan, and Matt Stafford, um, three prominent quarterbacks, all from the uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area. Yeah, I, it's a it's a it's a hotbed over here. It's like it's like when Western Pennsylvania, when they had all the Marinos and all those guys, um, you know, coming out back in the '80s. But uh, yeah, Jason Duffner though uh, wins his first major. Chris, you said he was thirty-eight or thirty-nine. Yeah, thirty-six. Oh, okay. Same, yeah. A couple, no, couple years off. A couple off. years. For you, we're not, nothing, right? We're not splitting hairs here. So, third, wins his first major at 36. Uh, I, I like, I don't know about you, Kev, but I like when a new guy wins. Um, it just makes it, it, more, it makes it more interesting. I mean, that's why, like, when you look at Tiger, he hasn't won a major in five years. This is his longest stretch without winning a major. 
And all his majors were kind of grouped together. Uh-huh. Back in 2000, I mean, he was just winning almost every major. 2001, he's winning. 2002. Now the stretch, and, and, I, and you wonder, where is his confidence if another year goes by, he doesn't win another major. Another year goes by. I mean, doubt starts creeping into your head. And I know we talk about it all the time. You do believe he'll break Jack. Do you, do you say he's going to break his record? Yeah, he's going to break it. Well, you say that pretty confidently. I do I, say it pretty confidently. I don't think he's got five more majors in him. Uh, I, I just it, don't. It's going to happen. And we talked about Nicholas this earlier. Nicholas won his last major, I think, in 86, maybe. And he was he was in his... He had to be in his 50s in 86. I don't know if he was 50s. I think he was in How his old 40s. is he now? He's older than... 98? No, he's, I think he's 72 right now. I think Chris. he's... Chris. I think he's 72. I feel like he's older than that. Nah, I think he's 72. Maybe not. I don't know. What do I know? 75, 70, no, he's 72, I believe. Chris, what do we got? 73, pretty close. 73? I will yeah. say this. Now, everybody, are you looking up Jack Nichols or Jack Nicholson? Yeah, I, thought, I, I almost got crossed <laughs> right? up. Yeah, I know you. The Joker. Right. The Joker turned 73 today. <laughs> if Tiger's going to win another major, he's going to do it. and He's going to have to do it next year when he plays it, obviously. Augusta, where he's won four times. He, he, oh, here's, here's what's going to happen. Well, Chris, we well, talked real, about, real well, quick, Chris. Check, check and see when, how old was Jack when he won his last major. What? Right. Here's the thing. Like We talked about this this morning. When they start going, when he starts going and getting hot, it's like he's impossible to stop. You said that guys aren't scared of him anymore. When he starts going and he's the best he, he, he can be, guys are scared of him. People are going to be scared of him. If, if No, I just don't. I, I think, disagree. I, you, not anymore. Not anymore. Guys know he's vulnerable. He's beatable. He's very beatable now. Uh-huh. And I don't think guys have this. You know, it, they, Look. They can have a little doubt in the back of their mind, but it's not anything like it's going to be back in the early part of the decade. Yeah. But you never – I mean, I, it, the, the whole allure is still there because there's uh, obviously fans like myself. There's fans out there who are rooting for him. He shoots the ball, Tiger. Like everyone's everyone's rooting for him. There's, so no, that, that, there's it, no doubt about it. If he's playing on Sunday, it makes a lot more, a lot more people are watching. But that's the thing. A lot, of pe- a lot of people are watching. You don't think a guy like Adam Scott, still young, or got Duffner – they're going to be like a little, a little apprehensive. I mean, he had Duffner had Jim Furyk up his up his tail. It's not the same thing. There's there's something about Tiger that, that it's that no, allure. No, no, I get it. I, I get it. It's not it's not having Furyk a shot behind is not the same as Tiger. Listen, don't get me wrong. Furyk had an amazing. Well, what is he? What is he promoting now? Eight, five hour five energy? Hour energy. Yeah. How much do you think? I mean, he's probably getting a hundred grand to wear that to wear that hat. Yeah. More than that. I'm How much do you think, think he got for that commercial? Remember the autographs. You, yeah. Yeah. I I, 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 I hope a lot. Johnny Mandel get in for all those autographs. <laughs> oh, jeez. I, I <laughs> not hope, enough. I hope Furyk gets a lot. I, I, one college scholarship. I like Furyk. Anybody that I have a better swing than. Yeah. I mean he has. I mean obviously he hits the ball better than I do. <laughs> I, but, I beg your pardon. No, I mean I mean my takeaway is better than his. Oh, well, let me get this. Wait. You want to teach a guy? Let me tell you something. I'm not the greatest golfer in the world, and I don't claim to be. But if you put him and I side by side, uh-huh. you would probably teach my takeaway before uh-huh. you would teach it. The mini golf course or what? No, I'm not saying when he comes down. Obviously, when he comes down, he's hitting the ball purely every single time. <laughs> I'll tell you what. If you put Jim Furyk and you and say back to back, he's going to be taking away a lot of your money. I have better hair. Is that, yeah. Does that account for it? Maybe. Uh, Maybe, that's right? debatable. Right? Mine's still there in some ways. In some ways. Jack Nicklaus was 46 when he won his ticket. Oh, that's a lot. of That's that's eight years to do it. Dude, that's eight years. Eight but years to win five. majors, Kev. Five majors. He can knock four 2000. of those out in a year. It's not 2,000. Yeah, but it could be again. I blame it on that Vaughn girl. 
You heard of her? <laughs> I, I just think there's too many good golfers. I mean, you look, how many guys have won their first majors recently? Jason Day, no, Jason Day won a couple. But Jason Day won. Jason Day won a major recently. No, like last Listen, year. First off, I'm, I'm Jason Day didn't. Jason I'm looking. Day did not win a I'm major. looking at these not two. Not this year. Not last year. Ever. I'm looking at are these two. Like are that. you positive? I'm positive. You want to do a little? Want me to do a little giggle? Sir? Bet it up. I'll bet it up. We already have. We already have one back going tonight. All right. Well, you if I get this that. right, you got to do ten push-ups. I, my shoulders, bad. I'll do. I'll, I'll take you to Zimburger. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd rather buy you dinner. <laughs> Ten well, push-ups. What do I look like? I almost know. accidentally did a sit-up the other day. <laughs> Were you laying down? Couch? Yeah, I was getting off the couch, and I had. Oh, I hurt my leg. A long story. I hurt my calf earlier this week, so it's was, it was not good times. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. So, but Justin Roach just wait, wait, wait. I want to hear more about yeah. the accidental sit-up. You got me all built up for it. Explain the uh, explain well, the detail. I was, I was on. I was. I was in my basement. I was on the recliner, <laughs> and my dog was under. You know, I had to put the foot rest up, so my dog was under there. Yeah, you So can't. in order for me to get up, I couldn't put my legs down, so I had to, like, get up, like, into it. And uh, So your legs were raised, too. Yeah. Yeah, I was tired. What do we got, Chris? All right, Jason Day, uh, the best he's finished is a runner Second, up. yeah. Yeah, okay. three times. Okay, okay. Um, all right. So, uh, you may want to start warming up. Real quick, uh, we, we also want to want to say our sponsor, Integrated Play, uh, if you're a professional athlete looking to transition into a uh, career outside of sports, go see Renee Shell. Uh, Renee will take good care of you, 269-760-3857. Uh, give her a call. Uh, we're also joined tonight on the show by uh, Gene Hess. Gene is, uh, is the author of Sportuality, Finding Joy in the Game. Uh, Gene is has invented this this way of thinking sportuality uh we'll talk to her about that she's also a head volleyball coach at uh kalamazoo college uh she's you know very interesting we talked for about a half hour today in the phone it was it was really it was really interesting her take on on some of the things with sports so we're going to talk to her uh about that as well um real quick i want to staying on the golf topic mm -hmm. duffner packing a lip was a big Len lip. I it was Lenny Dykstra first. A big there. lip on there. I mean, every tournament, like four lips. And, yeah. But it's so funny because you know you're right. Adam Adam said it perfectly. It's every tournament, but no one notices until win. So he's now everyone's up in arms about him. But you know what? They're gonna the, he, uh, mark my words. Eventually, they're not gonna let him do that because well, he kind of puts to rest that whole golf is a gentleman's like a. The etiquette of golf. I mean, you look at him; he doesn't. Ask he's like John. He's like he says right. he ponders his game after Ben Hogan, but he's like John Daly. Well, if well, you Hulk Hogan, obviously when you get you, you have to spit, right? Hogan's hero. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, Ke you know Keegan Bradley. Yeah. He. I'm aware. Uh, yeah, he has to change his entire routine because he has like a very strange routine where he like flips his club a couple times and then he'll hit the ball. Yeah, I've seen him he do that. Spit like uh, like three times before he hit the ball, and he got in trouble for that. Because it, it was just gross and people. Yeah, didn't I, like I mean, honestly, like you shouldn't be spitting on a golf. Look, I understand you go. I understand like you, there's a tree there. You go behind a tree. You have to spit for a second, but you can't be spitting. I mean, well, obviously he's not doing it on the field. Yeah, but think on, about. I mean, on the uh, on the on, on the course, but he probably has a spit. I mean, he's probably got a cup that his caddy carries around. Eventually, for him. though, they're not going to let him do that. Yeah, but here's the here's the funny thing. Well, are, Why, you, are you allowed to smoke? I'm sorry to cut you off real quick, no. but are you allowed to smoke on the I horse? I think you are. You are. Angel, you are? He, doesn't Jimenez? Oh, Jimenez yeah. smokes cigars, yeah. right? He smokes or pretty much everything. Yeah, he'll smoke anything. <sighs> Almost anything. No, pretty much everything. 
By the way, speaking of Jimenez, did you hear, did you see him squat? They, there was like a there was one uh, scene. They were cutting back in. It was a cut cut promo from uh, coming into show the the PGA Championship, and it was a close up of like underneath Jimenez, and he was just squatting. He had his club over his head, and he was squatting. It was pretty awesome. I I like Jimenez though. Yeah. I like uh, Angel Cabrera too, but I mean, here's my thing with Angel Cabrera. Yeah, but Cabrera wins pulling it. for the for the uh, no, Europeans. The foreigners. No, 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 yeah, you, no, yeah, you you root for Europe then the no, Ryder I do not Cup, don't you? Root for Europe in the Ryder Cup, but I like. What about the Solheim Cup? <laughs> Get the hell out of this country! Dude, I do not root for Europe in the Ryder Who Cup. Who do you root for in the Olympics? USSR. Are you serious? Russia. No. China. <laughs> Chinese Taipei. You, China. Do root, you do root for Chinese I'll tell you Taipei. What, never bet against Chinese Taipei. They do not beat themselves. <laughs> you, see those, you see how big those 12-year-olds are? It's though? ridiculous. I want to see birth certificates. I want to see like... It's going to be handwritten saying, I am 12. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean, these kids are enormous. The, that's what the, listen, it's the hormones in the milk. That's what they're doing. They're putting the jacking up the steroids in the milk, and everyone's is all. Is that how you started looking like that, by, Kevin? By, by, by the way, in, in the studio wish, right now, I wish I was. I wish I was drinking my milk like that. In the studio right now, there it looks to be a, a, a retro. Yeah. What does that say? That? Game three, nineteen eighty-seven Western Conference Finals. I just, I just saw a picture of Tom Chambers on the TV. <laughs> it's the, it's the Sonics against the. Um, Man, look how skinny these guys are. Sonics and Lakers. We know it's fun. I remember this one. We were talking to we were talking to Zach earlier. Zach scrolled through, passed over space balls. He also, I think there's an NFL game tonight. Passed over that. But I like where your head's at because yeah, he went ha- to old right. school Sonics but, and uh, oh, Lakers. Although, look, I'm as big a sports fan as anybody. You never pass space balls. Up. No, you can't. I mean, space <laughs> Mel Brooks. Space balls. I was very impressed that Zach knew who Mel Brooks was. Although he has, he has. Never mind. He is, he is Pete Gambino as his teacher. Right. Pete Gambino is gonna in the studio. When did you get that picture of Tiger? We we've had that. We've had that. It's uh it's been in the back closet. No, it hasn't been up. We've had it for for someone who for someone who dislikes Tiger so much. I like how you put it on my side. Thank you. Yeah, but he also has Arnold and Jack. Right. Yeah, but I think he's, it, he's I, in the foreground. Say? What does that say? I think it says Tiger's first Masters in ninety six. Yeah, he put, yeah, what, it's ninety six in the Masters. All three of those guys have made great drinks. Got the Arnie Pommies. What did what did Jack Tiger Nichols, make? Gatorade Tiger, obviously. And what, oh. did Ch- what about he Jack Nichols? Ma- Hold on, first he, off, there's a drink called a Jack Nichols. First off, really? Arnold yeah. Palmer ma- was the only one who actually Maybe made it's a drink. Maybe called like the Golden Bear. Okay, okay. Arnold Palmer was oh, the only yeah, one who yeah, actually yeah. made a drink. He's the one who came up and said, "I'm going to mix lemonade and iced tea." By, by the, the other way, one, it's like a p- Gatorade Tiger. By the way, great commercial though with Arnold Palmer. Yeah, with commercial with ESPN when when he's making the drink and the guy behind him goes. That was awesome. Have you ever seen the commercial where the guy's like, can I get a uh, Mark Steffenhagen? And he's like, a Mark Steffenhagen? What is that? This is to the waiter. And he's like, it's lemonade nice tea. He goes, you mean Arnold Palmer? He goes, no, no, no. Completely different. And then he goes and he brings it back and he like takes a sip and he's like, if I didn't know any better, I'd say this was an Arnold Palmer. But I do and this is the best Mark Steffenhagen I've ever had. That's good. Um, yeah, so if you notice, uh, Kev, Ric Flair is out of the studio. The picture of uh, Nate, the autographed picture of Ric Flair is not uh I don't think I like that. What, what? Well, we were doing some rearranging in the studio. When you left, my wife was with me. I said, well, where do you think we should put this? Where do you think we should put that? She said, well, why don't you take Ric Flair down? He's not an athlete. He's an entertainer. And I said, you bite your tongue. Wow. 
That we have to we'll, listen. You know, we're gonna we're gonna change things up. The the 8:30 hour, we're gonna get onto that topic and talk about the debate whether or not wrestlers wrestling, wrestling is a is a are wrestlers athletes are wrestlers or athletes or entertainers. Tweet us, let us know on Twitter. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, the matchup zone uh, or the match underscore up zone on Facebook, the matchup zone. Type it into the old search engine and by email, the matchup zone at gmail dot com and the website finally up and running www.thematchupzone.com. Yeah, and also maybe uh, maybe tweet us like your your three top wrestlers of all time. Ooh. Listen, if we get into that, I, yours are going to be so so old school. No, old school. I go. What do you mean old school? I go back. I'm like 85. My wrestling that, is 85 to 91. Do you understand? 91 is old school now. Th- this game is on classic NBA. It's a 1987 Western Conference Finals. That's old school. I mean, you just talked well, about yeah, how but, skinny but, you were and yeah, how short their shorts were. I don't, were. I don't watch CM Punk. I'm sorry, I don't know who's like you know. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like people nowadays th- with wrestling, it's like a completely different thing. Like I don't really watch that either, but I'm I'm what a big. Mean, what do you mean, really? You, okay. If you're flipping around Monday night, I don't, I don't. Okay, I watch it intently every month, every month, or I DVR it and I come home because we're here on Monday nights. Why is that never on the studio? We need to because get that going. Because it starts at 9, doesn't it? Monday Night Raw? Oh, that's The true. show ends at 9, Kev. Wait, I think it starts earlier than that. No, I thought it I was 9 to 11. Uh, it might be. I don't know. Who cares? Wrestling. Wrestling. So, yeah, we will uh, be joined tonight by George Visker, former defensive tackle from San Francisco 49ers. Uh, also, Gene Hess, uh, author of Sportuality, uh, talking to both of them tonight. I, I We really have some good stuff to talk about, especially with George uh, both both George and uh, Gene talking about really concussions is a is a big thing. Uh, it's something that's you can't escape it in this society. And the way sports are going, uh, we'll be able to segue into this with Gene. The way sports are going, it seems like we're on a collision course for for what's no, no I mean, pun intended. Yeah, really. But like, what's something's got to give here? The the athletes nowadays, uh, they're it's getting more and more physical. Things are getting more and more out of hand. If the equipment's but, getting but, heavier, what's what's going to give? But do the owners really care if they're making money? They don't care. That's, That's the thing. Like we talked about it, Kev. Would you watch football if it was two hand touch? No, no, I wouldn't. You wouldn't. You wouldn't because we like the as typically as men we like the violent, uh-huh. hard hitting nature of the game. Yeah, that's what it is. It's a physical game. We do watch it. It's called lingerie football. Now, okay. You watch it. So you watch that. Per. Have, have you have been a while? So, but uh, have you ever had a concussion, Kev? Several. That explains it. <laughs> I want to talk. I want to. That's one thing I want to talk to George about. I mean, yeah. About, I mean, about your concussion. About my concussion. Maybe he can analyze you over the phone. Follow my finger. I don't Follow know if finger. I ever had a concussion. You never I, had a concussion. I don't know. I I was in a really really bad car accident back in 2000. I may have had one, but I'm not. I don't remember. See, here's the thing, and this is. There's I've I've been diagnosed with I think three concussions, uh, but I really they were all one was in, one was in college, one was in the D or and two were in the D league. Uh, I, I'm the D league one was the scariest one. I actually what, I, what, what did you do? You ran into a um, <laughs> uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Reggie Evans elbow. Yeah. <laughs> God, that guy. I probably did have a concussion after after uh, Just, training camp. That guy's a monster. Uh, but. The one time I actually I I I felt like my, I lost my eye. I actually covered like went like this 
and covered looking looking for my eyeball because it hit it like a guy's hand finger jammed like right up into my eye socket and I actually felt like my eye move and I went like this to catch it because I was afraid I was going to lose it and it actually didn't come out but it, you know it got pushed out and pushed you know kind of came back in but that trauma right behind my eye caused me to have a concussion that was the most serious I think I had judging by uh, your foul shooting many think you've been shooting with one eye anyway <laughs> Yeah, zing. That's true. That's uh, that's very true. So yeah, you know, it's uh, I think concussions. I can't believe you've never had a concussion before. Kev, I don't know if I have or had. I honestly, I don't, I don't think I have. Um, but I think that car. I, 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 I banged my face on the steering. I don't know. I, I was a little date, little woozy. I guess is the word. Uh. I'm not sure if I ever have one to be honest with you. Um my my brain isn't that big to begin with, so I don't know. It's uh it's pretty hard to get get inside my head or hurt anything in my head. Um but I, from what I hear, you know, obviously listen to people and different people. I I know they can be uh they can be pretty vicious and you have to take the right precautions and if if not, then you're dealing yeah. with the lasting effects. That's true. And, got- and that and that's really what what you can't yeah. Have, is that ten years later you're still getting headaches and you're still yep. feeling the effects? I mean that 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 that's, that's, that's a scary no thing. We got Jake on the line. Jake, how are you? Welcome to the Matchup Zone. Hello. Hey, Jake. How are you? Good. Um, I would like to hear more from Zach. <laughs> uh, Zach Zach's kind of an tonight. We're tonight we're playing a thing on the Matchup Zone. Things you've never heard. <laughs> <laughs> We're Winner. A, we're playing a game tonight. Um, things you've never heard in the matchup zone. Yeah. Will I it's, win? Uh, a, t- a t-shirt. Yeah, you, you get a, you win a date with Zach. Okay. Candlelight optional. He's looking good tonight. He's got his. He he's does. Got, he's, he's, got all his Philly, Philly, he's all Philly. He's all out tonight. Philly hat. His flyers. So where, his flyers shirt. Where are you right now? Maybe I'll stop by and, I, and he can treat me. Whoa! Phone pack studios. Phone pack. Yeah, you okay. get, in Cherry Hill. Phone okay. pack studios. Right in Cherry Hill, Zach. Zach's got. Zach's got. He's got the the little clever thing going. He's rubbing his chin. I like. He's very sophisticated tonight. Yeah. He's, he's. Jake, yeah, I'm just going to tell you, he's into this. Zach, are you growing a goat? Is that a goat? A little bit of a goat? I'm shaving a day. Um. All right. So. All right, Jake. Thanks a lot for calling. So yeah, you know that's. Uh, Zach's got. Zach's got some admirers. He's got some admirers. He also has a little bit of chin thing. Did he fall in a mud puddle outside? Sweet chin music. Yeah, a little chin music there. Uh, Zach, put some put some milk on that at night tonight, and the cat will come up and lick that right off for you. We have to go over. We have to go over how many times that joke's been. That, I feel like that's at least five. <laughs> that's at least five since the, since the no, start of the matchup. Really? I think you said it like two weeks ago. I'm thinking you might have said it to Chris. Chris, does that sound familiar? Yeah, I've gotten that one a lot from Mike. <laughs> I've been shaving since like sixth grade. <laughs> ladies, and ladies, ladies and gentlemen, if you've seen our intern Chris's legs, I actually he plays played basketball in high school and going on to play college basketball. I actually oh, heard when he took his warm up pants off one game this year. I actually heard someone yell out of the, out of the stands, "Oh my God, it's Teen Wolf!" Um, <laughs> That's a, come on, you can make a better joke than that. I've heard that one a million times I mean, from from opposing fans. Now I'm not making this into a competition, but. Looking at his legs, not saying I'm looking at his legs, but looking no. at his legs. Oh, this is weird. 
I feel like I'm hairier. It's not. Let's see. Let me see your legs. Stand up. No way. No way. No way. Stop. Most, most of mine is blonde in the summer. Will anyway. you stop? No way. Chris could start a forest fire with those. If those, if he rubs his legs together real fast, this could be the phone pack studios will go up in flames. Um, <laughs> I'm just jealous because you never had them. go out with a bang. I guess. Let alone in sixth grade. Yeah, you're not. Wait, kidding. what did you go alone to? Uh, what? All right, can't. Kev, you with us right now? That concussion, man. That concussion. Kev's still feeling the effects of the I really, concussion. I really am. So we're gonna have George, uh, George up in a couple minutes here. Yeah. Um. I think we're having a little trouble getting him on the line right now. We're going to keep trying, yeah, though. Yeah, we'll keep trying. We'll keep trying. So, yeah. Uh, you know, talking a little more about concussions, or Jake wants to take Zach on a date, but talking a little more about concussions, uh, it's just I, – I, I just really want to talk to George about, you know, what what are the uh, – obviously, you know, he's a, he's just an advocate. He, he's not he's not the, the guy who's going to – you know, he's not a doctor who's going to say – Oh, this is what this is what's going to happen. I'm technologically everything like that. So, I think uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll, it's going to be interesting to see to see what happens. So, all right. I think we got George on the line right now. George will be George joining us from uh, the Matchup Zone. Story. Hello, George. George, welcome to the program. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me. We really appreciate you uh, you coming on tonight. My pleasure. So, so George, uh, you know, we're talking talking a little bit about concussions. With you, you know, we, we talked a little bit earlier about everything that you've gone through with concussions and things like that. Uh, what do you think the impact that ha- concussions had on your life? What are the implications that concussions had on your life? Well, um, i tell you what, everything from, uh, you know, Nine brain surgeries, uh, going through all that, uh, 32 years of grand mal seizures, um, five of my brain surgeries while I was trying to finish my biology degree. That took, uh, took me till age 32 to finish my degree. Uh, short-term memory issues, you know, it takes me twice as long to get work done, so I'm working 16, 18-hour days like normal people get done in eight or nine. Um uh, poor judgment. I have damage to my judgment areas in my brain. Um, I'll write checks when there's no money in the checkbook, you know, things like that. Anger management issues. Uh, this has absolutely devastated my marriage, my relationship with my wife, with my children. Um, uh, lost jobs. Um, uh, can't drive with anyone in my car anymore. Um, I lost my home two years ago. Uh, my business imploded. I couldn't keep up with things. I would forget to bill. Uh, so we've been homeless for the last, uh, two years now. Um, and so I lost my home. I lost my marriage. I'm losing my family. I'm losing my mind. So other than that, it really hasn't impacted my life much. Wow. Um, George. Do you have do you have any anger or resentment towards the people who treated you and allowed and allowed you back on the field so quickly? You know, for years I had it was beyond anger. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, but, I, bet. Uh, I, I mean, I absolutely do. Uh, uh, they, the NFL tries to play this we did we don't we didn't know card until recently. Well, if that's so, why in the hell was it that um, 
I mean, now we go back to 1980, my rookie year. Mm-hmm. First play, I'm playing with the 49ers against the Dallas Cowboys. I get ear hold on a Dallas tight end trap, major concussion, play the whole game, uh, don't remember it, don't remember anything until later on in the week when uh, the trainers and doctors laughingly told me that I went through over 20 smelling salts during the game to keep me on the field. Now, the NFL was playing this card that they didn't know da- concussions were dangerous. Well, in 1980, if I was a boxer and been, had been knocked unconscious or suffered a concussion, I wouldn't have been able to box for months. How is it that the NFL just wasn't aware of this? Uh, they knew damn good and well what was going on. It was all about squeezing every single penny out of the guy's bodies, and then they'd throw you off the sidelines and stick someone else in there. And that's all it is. Wow. That's, I mean, that's unbelievable. To, the, just, that's an unbelievable story. And, and just kind of how the NFL just really, no, the, the no NFL, care. The NFL really doesn't care. I mean, George, the NFL really doesn't care about the players. Do they care more about the product in terms of, um, you know, the viciousness of it and putting people in the seats? I mean, does that does that outweigh player safety nowadays? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, now all of a sudden the NFL is backpedaling. You know, uh, they had the big video every year. Uh, what was it, NFL Greatest Hits? You know, right. where they just they just glamorize guys just getting the snot knocked out of each other. You know, and they they were, and they made millions off of that video every year. All of a sudden this year or last year, I think they pulled it off the shelf. Suddenly hmm. the NFL is the good guys now, and they they don't want to make another. Uh, uh, $214 million like they've made off of the videos in the, in the prior several decades. You know, oh. um, they, they, you know, everything they're doing right now is all lip service because their butt is in a ringer with this huge class action suit against them. And it's not just from the players. It's from some of the surviving families because their, their loved ones are gone now. The Junior Seau's, the Mike Webster's, the Justin Solzinski's, Andre Waters, the Ray Easterlings, all these guys that killed themselves, you know, uh, their their family's only recourse now is for them to try to to get involved in these lawsuits. And you and I both know, we all know that they'll stretch this thing out for another 15 years. Um, uh, It's it's just, it's not only criminal what they've done, it's sinful. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. For the love of money, they will sacrifice all these young guys out there now. So, in terms of nowadays, so you still think the NFL is not taking the proper precautions to protect its players? The only thing they're doing now is, is like I said, they're just it's it's they're doing the bare minimum because because their butts in a ringer. They wouldn't be doing any of this now. I see they're just coming. They just came out with the new concussion warning poster for the locker rooms. Okay. Uh, just like the new helmet warnings that just came out uh, just a couple of what last week. This is concussions and uh, what collisions and contacts your brain can cause injury and up to death. Okay, no. No one ever told us that before, but now all of a sudden they're putting labels on helmets. Uh, everyone knew this was going on, but uh, mm-hmm. no one would, you know, no one would, would step forward. So they're, they're doing the bare minimum that they have to do. To, to keep their $9.5 billion industry rolling. And that's billion with a B. <laughs> wow, just just remarkable. We're on the line with George Visker again. Um, 
you know, um, you said George, you said nine brain surgeries. I must have read, I must have read it wrong. Uh, I think we said four earlier, but nine. Wow. I mean, I can't imagine, I can't imagine one and go through nine. Remarkable. George, what what advice would you give young kids and high school players, uh, and their athletes in terms of if they want to get back on the field so quickly, like after a concussion? What advice would you give them? Okay, uh, first of all, when I played, and still to this day, they try to downplay it by um, uh, calling you know, getting your bell rung. You know, mm-hmm. and it's right. a joke. Yeah. Well, what I tell folks is, is it's an injury, the most important organ in your body, and it's not a joke. I mean, why is it when you hurt your knee, you blow your knee out? That sounds really serious, doesn't it? But you hurt your brain, <laughs> and, and it's, it's ringing a bell. Uh-huh. But, um, and it's not even just the concussions. Now they're finding out the sub, the thousands of sub-concussive hits are just as dangerous. So my, my, my um, uh, advice to high school or college players that want to come back early, uh, I understand the culture of the game. And the peer pressure, the locker room pressure, because the problem with a concussion and a head injury is you look fine. You're not limping. You're not mm-hmm. bleeding. You're not in a cast. And you look fine. So guys, you know, they're kind of like, well, hey, man, how come you're not out here? You know, busting your tail while we are. So that that's a tough one to get over. Uh, I think that as guys are becoming educated more and more, that um, – you know, that maybe they're starting to, to step back and, and think about it. But then again, on the other hand, here's a perfect example. Um, and, and forgive me for my memory, but what was the uh, 49ers quarterback's name uh, prior to last year? Uh, uh, yeah, Alex, Alex Smith. Smith. Yes, Alex Smith. Okay. Now, here's a guy who was concussed. They held him out for a couple weeks. They wanted him back in. He asked to stay out an extra week. Now where is he? Lost his job. Yeah, Exactly. Right. And what does that tell you about? What does that tell you about the NFL? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll make, we'll make examples of these starting quarterbacks. Yeah, you try stand out next week. Adios. Your contract. So, yeah, here it is. Tear it up. Walk. So that, that, so, that's a great uh, message to send out, isn't it? <laughs> it's true. But so, what do you? I mean, isn't, I mean, so, isn't, isn't there, there's a business that is really concerned about their employees with with head injuries. And this is, and you're you're so right. And when you go through and you look at uh, what you know, what some of these guys are going through, and I mean, we're, we're watching Hard Knocks uh, with the Cincinnati Bengals this year. A guy gets his bell rung, and they're like, "You're you, now they're trying to be safer and saying, you know, you have to sit out." And the guy's like, "No, I'm fine." So that's, yeah. I mean, well, guys are also afraid of losing their jobs. Exactly, too. they you don't know, want to lose you're their jobs. That's preseason. You don't want to lose your jobs. You're like, oh, you know what? Listen, my head hurts in this, but. My job may be online. I have to keep going. So, George, how do you change? How do you change that culture of players not wanting to sit out and trying to trying to go go on and play for their fans, play for their coaches, play for their peers? I mean, how do you change that culture of of guys not admitting that they have concussions? I, I think one by by doing what what my my company is doing now, the Visitor Group. I, I we're I'm totally we're totally doing traumatic brain injury consulting. And we are trying to educate folks and change the whole culture of the game. Okay, again, we need to get away from this macho. And I was the same way too. You know, we used to laugh about, hey, I played four games, but I don't even, you know, don't even remember them. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was it was yuck, yuck, yuck. In fact, for instance, just a few months ago, I had a phone call from one of my 
good buddies I grew up with in Stockton. And he had gone on and played at Oregon, and I played uh, against him when I was at Colorado. And over the years, people always ask me how many concussions I had, and I, I counted up the ones that were, you know, diagnosed. So old Cosgrove calls me, and we're talking, and he says, yeah, I'll never forget. Uh, your senior year, uh, his junior year, uh, he said Oregon played Colorado in, in, in Boulder, and his parents came out for the game, and they were, they were like my second family. And he said, yeah, George, you had a concussion the first quarter. You were face down on the, on the turf. They hauled you off. You came back in a couple series later. He go, and I'm going, really? He said, yeah, don't you remember? My parents were there. You went to dinner with them afterwards. And that's why I never even counted because I never even knew it happened. I never, I don't even remember the game. So what I tell people all the time is, you're the when you have a concussion, you're the last one to know. You know, mm-hmm. but guys need to. So, so their buddies need to look out for each other. Yeah. You know, um, you know when a guy comes in the huddle and he's lining up in the wrong spot, and you're talking to him and he's looking right through the back of your helmet that, that nobody's home. You know, mm-hmm. guys need to get him out of the game. Because the player isn't capable of doing it himself. Um, so people need to step forward. Coaches, trainers, they need to take their helmet away from them. Take it away. When they come to the sidelines, they need to snatch it and, and, and give it, put it away. Because a player is going to play as long as he can move. George, talk a little about a little bit about the roller coaster of emotions that you must have been on um, in the early '80s. You know, you win the Super Bowl. Four months later, you get you know two brain surgeries, ten hours apart, and are given your last rites. I, I mean, here you go from probably the most exhilarating day in your life and winning the Super Bowl to being given your last rites. I mean, we don't really understand probably what that is and what's going through. I mean, what's going through your head at this point? Well, for, first of all, I had already had a brain surgery earlier during the season. Okay, so uh, in September, um, I had my first brain surgery. They had misdiagnosed it as uh, high blood pressure. The team doctor had me on high blood pressure pills for two and a half weeks while my brain was hemorrhaging. Um, and on top of my usual nightly symptoms of projectile vomiting, loss of hearing, uh, loss of eyesight, I get a ball of light in front of each eye. Um, uh, on top of that, then I had the final, last night I had focal point paralysis where my right arm curled up across my chest. Uh, I go in the locker room the next day. I tell the team doctors, he rolls his eyes, what now? You know, I tell them what's going on. And uh, he looks in my eye and, uh, oh, your brain's hemorrhaging. You know, go home, lay down, and drive down and see this doctor today. Um, and, and so, uh, I'm, uh, forgive me because I'll, I'll get off track a lot of times. What was the question again? <laughs> Just the roller coaster of emotions that you went on from winning the oh. Super Bowl to be given your last rights within, you know, a, a short period of time. Thank you. Okay. I, I apologize. So, so no, I had that no first time. surgery during the season, and then I came back. Uh, they told me I could still play. Um, and and then, of course, I'm on injury reserve. Uh, things are – the team's rolling, but I, the way they were treating me, I knew I was headed for a fall. Um, and by the end of the season, um, uh, I, I knew uh, – I had no idea what I was headed for, but I knew there was something big coming up. Um, my name wasn't listed on injury reports. Uh, I get a letter from them after the Super Bowl. Uh, Dear Mr. Visitor, you and the other injured rookies will not be receiving a Super Bowl ring, but you're going to get a commemorative medal. I had to write them back and call them and go, hey, I'm not a rookie. Um, They were hoping not they could slide by without me walking around with a Super Bowl ring because then it was easier for me to disappear. Wow. And then, of course, four months after the Super Bowl, 
I have two more brain surgeries 10 hours apart. You know, I'm in a coma. I'm given last rites. Uh, I'm in intensive care for weeks. I have literally no memory of that first year. So here's the thing. Um, they had big, I guess, a big ceremony when they handed out the rings and somewhere. That whole first year, I have no memory. I I, I didn't go. I didn't call anybody. I, I, I was just hanging on trying to survive. Um, when I started coming out of it, you know, it was a year, year and a half later. Um, and, I, and here's another thing, too. I never retired. You know, I was just so out of it, I just didn't report back to camp. And did anybody yeah. call me? Honestly, I, I, I just forgot I was, I, I guess I forgot I, I was even playing football. Wow. And did the Niners ever send me a, a letter? Hey, Visk, you know, how you doing, bud? Uh, we're missing you here at camp. Are you coming in? You know, no. Did anybody call? No. You know what they gave me? They gave me the hospital bills. I had wow. creditors on me for three years. I had to take the 49ers to court and sue just for workers' comp just to get my second, third brain surgeries paid for. And I'm, I'm you know, my, I made I made 65000 a year we went to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Plus, plus I made, the, with with the playoff money and everything, I think I made a total of 79000 if I remember correctly. Okay, that was good money, but it wasn't like you were set for life. Yeah, but my life was forever changed. You know, I was 22, and, and nothing's ever been the same. Um, and uh, so uh, I fought and scratched, and I fought creditors for years. I, that first year, I didn't, I, I didn't have any memory. I, I guess I didn't work. And when I started coming out of it, I'm working for my brother at six bucks an hour as a laborer and swinging a hammer and and bouncing at night for ten bucks an hour. I, wow. I live in an apartment. I have hospital bills for, you know, $582,000, and the Niners have got their creditors chasing me, and I'm trying to explain to them, guys, hey, I, I don't have any money, and I've got this work comp case pending. Oh, we don't care. We have 14 days to collect. I mean, I would get phone calls like that. Jeez. We're going to come and take your truck. It was a nightmare. And then you would think that after a while, they would, they would say, okay, it's a work comp claim. We'll back off. No, mm-hmm. you know what they did? They took me so far as that we went to court, they put my butt on stand, and their attorney had the balls to pull out my last day's practice schedule from 1980 or whenever it was and go through the whole day grilling me. And the whole day is scripted out. You get there at 7 in the morning, and individual meetings. He says, okay, 7 to 7.15, individual meetings, explain this. So I had to explain them what it was. He goes through the whole day. And then we get in, you know, most it's a 10-hour day, 12-hour day, but only maybe two and a half hours you're actually on the field practicing, other than walk days and stuff. So I had to just sit there and, and, and listen to this guy just grill me on all this stuff, you know. Wow. We're and, on the and all that, all that to just get my bills paid. And they're battling me right now. They, they, they quit paying all my bills about a year and a half, two years ago. I'm into... Um, I had my doctor, Dr. Amon, um, wrote a prescription for hyperbaric oxygen treatments, trying to keep mm-hmm. me from getting full-blown dementia. Uh-huh. And about a year and a half ago, uh, the 49ers workers' comp, the travelers, just decided to quit paying my, my provider. They owe the Sacramento Hyperbaric Clinic about uh, $31,000 and change. Wow. They just quit paying Dr. Amon. They owe him, uh, I think, uh, seventy nine or 8900 uh, they owe me over a thousand in just out of pocket expenses. I have 
I have uh, Sanya. Jeez. So, we're on the line so with... Okay, uh, you know what? Oh, good. Yeah, we're on the line with George Visker. Uh, George Tolan's unbelievable story about, you know, some of the things, uh, his career with the NFL and with the 49ers and, you know, living with, still living with uh, the, the impact of concussion and uh, still really trying to figure out so, I mean, still living every day. It's it's unbelievable. But, you know, George, with being there, what advice do you give? What warning signs should – because, I mean, I, we're, Mike and I were talking earlier. I've played professional basketball for eight years. Uh, I've gotten, like you said, my bell rung and kind of jumped back in and played. Uh, what do you? What advice yep. do you give? What are the warning signs that that guys who were recently recently retired or guys that are still playing and have been ex- through that experience? What do you, what warning signs should we be looking for? Okay, first of all, things I need to look for are um, the very first thing is listen to your wife, listen to your family, listen to your business associates. If everyone's telling you the same thing that you're forgetting meetings, you're missing things, because the problem is when you don't remember things. You don't know you don't remember them. It's not like I wake up today, woke up today and said, wow, I don't remember Tuesday. It's gone, so I don't even know it. it's not there. So it, I fought it for years. Oh, everyone, you know, it's just, you know, suck it up. You, you know, you're, I'm okay. Well, finally, it, I had to step back and just, you know, take a look at the man in the glass. And, uh, you know, if everyone's, if everyone's telling you something. So, two, um, Short-term memory issues, the way to find out if you have short-term memory issues. And right now, as we're talking, guys, I have a page and a half of notes that I've, I actually had a page before you called, and I'm scratching down notes as you're asking me questions. I have to write down everything. So people wow. that get done playing, get, get in the habit of starting to write down everything, and then every couple of days, read back through it, and you will be surprised. Holy cow, I went to lunch with so-and-so on Tuesday, and that you won't even remember that's how you start to find out that you have short-term memory issues. Okay, so start to write things down. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they need to. Uh, uh, there are some things to do to, to prevent um, getting dementia and, and 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 some of the things that I'm fighting not to get. Uh, there are recovery issues. Uh, uh, simple things. Uh, omega-3 fish oils. They're almost pure DHA and EPA acids, and they literally can rebuild your brain cells. Okay. Uh, repair inflammation and damage brain cells. Uh, get on natural antioxidants. I drink tons of cranberry and blueberry juices, and I take concentrated the juice uh, capsules. Those reduce inflammation in your brain. Uh, neuroplasticity, if your mind's starting to slip. Uh, neuroplasticity, start doing things out of the ordinary, and it causes other areas of your brain to fire up, and you start using areas that aren't damaged. So there are some things that they need to, that they can do to prevent issues, and then there are some things that, that they can do to um, to watch for some of these problems. George, in 2010, you started the Visker Group, uh, a traumatic brain uh, injury consulting organization. Tell us a little more about that. Okay, I uh, you know I finally finished my degree back in 1990 um, after eight brain surgeries, five of which I had. Uh, when I went back to school in 86, uh, I thought I had a couple years left to finish my bio degree and then uh, five more brain surgeries. It took me five more years. So I was a wildlife biologist. I've been a wildlife biologist and, and environmental consultant since 1990. And then as this head injury stuff uh, boy, started to come to focus, 
and what really I've been incredibly vocal about it for years, but no one listened to me. But in in 2009, GQ magazine came out with an article called "The Game Brain," and uh, I have a copy of 24 pages. I carried around with me. And one of my old Colorado buddies sent me an email one night. He said, hey, this, check out GQ magazine. I didn't get it, so it took me a month or two to pull it up online. And when I read what happened, when Dr. Bennett O'Malley, the first 24 NFL brains that he studied, 23 of them had CTE, and he was writing scientific paper after paper after paper, and the NFL was squelching him, that really pushed me over the edge. And from there on, I have just been on a, I changed my whole business. We got into traumatic brain injury consulting. I speak all over the country at, at all any groups that, that are dealing with this. Um, I, I'm a great uh, liaison with the, the brain injury survivors and their families and insurance companies. I have fought the fight, and I'm still fighting it, and I've never lost a battle. I know what our rights are, what their earned rights are. Um, I, uh, I, I consult with doctors that are treating patients. And I'll call them out on all the drugs they're throwing at them. Three years ago, I was on four different dementia medicines at once at age 51. And anti-seizure meds, and because I'd gone up to four nights straight without sleeping, I was on a huge dose of Ambien trying to sleep. I was a mess. I couldn't even find my way home from work. I quit all the drugs. I got into hyperbaric oxygen treatments, which are just oxygen. I take concentrated antioxidant fruit juices, and I take fish oil. And guess what? My microcognitive memory scores improved over 15%. And I quit all the drugs. You know? And so, I mean, the first thing the doctors will do will throw drugs at you. And and I hate to say it, but it's more of a cover-your-ass scenario for them. Yep, yep. Standard procedure, hey, this is what you do, boom. And you're going to, hey, doc, man, but the stuff you're getting me, I'm vomiting several times a day. I can't find my way home from work. Oh, yeah, yeah, but hey, it's better than, yeah, you got to take it. There's your dementia meds. Oh, really? Okay, so what? So just because you wrote a prescription now, you, it's covering your butt, so I can't come back and sue you? I'm not going to sue you. I just want to be better, you know? So yeah. I've learned to, to, to become very educated on my injuries. When I speak around the country, I try to educate people and empower them. Um, and I'm not, I'm not blasting. I don't hate football. I mean, I, I love football. I hate what I hate the way that what it does to people. I mean, my yeah. my my biggest dreams in life from the the only dreams I had time I was a little kid. I wanted to be the greatest NFL player that ever lived, and I wanted to be a, the next Jacques Cousteau biologist. <laughs> and uh, I mean, those those are, those are my dreams. I never wavered from the time I was a little kid. There wasn't a doubt in my mind what I was going to do. And I, I I worked my butt off to get there, especially with my college. Degree you know uh, but uh again I, i'm getting off track here and i apologize guys i do oh no don't worry about it. no problem no no problem george i mean we uh we thank you so much for coming on uh you know george has uh it will be featured in the uh todd trickstead of uh, movie gladiators the uncertain uh, future of american football which is coming up george how do people how would people be able to uh, donate to both the move that movie or your foundation. Uh, they can go to uh, the, the visitorgroup.org um, uh, and donate there. They can also go to uh, Todd Trickstead's um, oh his website for uh, gladiators. Uh, um, 
and again, forgive me, I, I can't remember his okay. website. We'll, we'll get on it. Sure we'll they can get on Google, it. Yeah, they can Google Todd Trickstead. Todd's a great guy. That the, the movie is going to be tremendous. It gives you a real inside, behind the scenes look at what this game does to people's lives. And it's yeah. not a bashing. It's just a very honest, truthful show on on the repercussions for playing the game. Um, well, so they, that... can, they can go to that, and then and then I have a book coming out too. I've actually been uh, I started on it actually a couple of years ago and been sidetracked, but the last few weeks have been really pounding on it. So um, we've got a book coming out, and um, uh, the visitor group is always uh, looking to, to speak to any brain injured survivors or groups or um, however we can help. Uh, God has blessed me that I'm still functioning fairly well despite everything and. The, uh, I feel I, uh, I this is my mission in life, like to help other folks dealing with this stuff. So, awesome, awesome. Um, well, George, you're you're truly an inspiration to people who have concussions and brain surgeries. I mean, for you still to be here and tell your stories, and uh, you know, we wish you the best in trying to get your life back on track. And you know, um, you know, we personally thank you for coming on and thank you for all the work you've done in terms of helping others. Everyone check out his book, check out the movie, um, some great stuff, and, and we, we thank you very much, George, for coming on. Hey, guys, I appreciate you even having the opportunity, and you guys keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank you, George. We appreciate it. So talking uh, just talking with George Visker, uh, George, you know, unbelievable story, very very touching. Uh, it's unbelievable because you, you, you look at some of these, and – when he's talking, I'm thinking overseas basketball because that's what happens all the time in overseas basketball. They stop paying. They 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 stop paying your medical. I mean, it happened to me in Korea. Jerks. We'll tell that. I can't wait to tell. I'm gonna blast them. Well, put them I, on blast when we get big time. I think. What do you mean when? I think. I, I think. <laughs> now that we're big time. I, I, you know what really hit home with me, Kev, is listening to George talk about the NFL and how you get hurt. They kind of just kick you to the sideline. I mean, yeah, it's just you're such just a, a piece cutthroat. Of, yeah. You're you're like a soldier, mm-hmm. and you're just kind of a puppet, and you're doing what they want you to do. And if you can't perform and help them or help them make money, regardless of knee injuries, brain surgeries, anything, they kind of just throw you to the side. And that that kind of we don't really see that part of it as fans. You know, you always see the Peyton Manning throwing touchdowns and guys running in for touchdowns and punt returns and mm-hmm. all, all that kind of stuff. But you don't really see the everyday. This guy, uh, this guy ruptured his spleen. Well, guess what? We're going to cut him, and we don't care how he pays for any of his medical bills. Yeah, yeah unbelievable. So, segueing uh, now into uh, from talking a little bit with George, uh, you know, about concussions and things like that. Uh, we're going to talk to uh, Gene Hass. Gene uh, has has written a book, Spirituality: Finding Joy in the Games. Uh, I talked to her earlier today, to, you know, discussing a lot of things about, uh, you know, not being so, not not being having that that crazy, uh, that urge need, to yeah need to, need to hurt need and maim and, and things yeah. like that. So uh, we're joined right now by Gene Hess. Gene, thanks so much for coming on tonight. My pleasure. Hi, guys. Hey, Gene. So, so Gene. Hey. Uh, t- for the people out there who uh, who aren't aren't familiar with spirituality, could you describe describe spirituality to uh, to the, our listeners? 
I will describe spirituality. To me, after coaching for about 28 years at the Division Three level, um, ball, and uh, I just realized that that competition was just something more, and that the original thought about competition really changed our outcomes. Um, and so there are several other uh, there are several other um, uh, times uh, words that, when thought of differently or really defined to their truest sense, can really change the way we think about sport. Uh, and so, spirituality was born in 2012. I, I, I started right 2009 um, when some things were happening in the NCAA. Actually, American Football Coaches Association, um, and that's in the book. Um, the Ameri- and and it, it, it's been fascinating. Why are listening to George and and understanding George's story, and really working here with our coaches at Kalamazoo College um, to understand teaching the game differently, evolving the game into a more humane game. Um, in in 2000, American Football Coaches Association partnered with the NCAA to put in Respect Weekend, the first weekend of of uh, NCAA football. Um, and, and it was it was supposed to be a handshake at, at midfield, and um, there was a blog uh, uh, on ESPN.com um, on August 15th that said the following: The players don't like this crap. Coaches don't like it. Fans don't like it. So sick and tired of the NCAA, the NFL, etc., trying to sissify what is supposed to be a violent, aggressive game. One. There's another one. What the hell? This is football. What's next? Are we going to hug and kiss the crap out of each other? Have they seen what happens to the Michigan and Ohio State meet at midfield before a game? This is the way it should be before a game. The two teams should be prepared for not love. Uh, I I disagree. Uh, Save the hand shake for soccer, basketball, and tennis. Um, Who the hands before a fist fight? That's dumb. Um, so I see my batteries running out on my. I am going to call you back on my cell. No problem. We'll talk to you in a bit, Gene. Thanks. Okay. Okay. So Gene, uh, Gene's battery's dying on the cell phone, and she's going to give us a call right back. So we'll have Gene up in her second. I was just about to yell at one of the interns. I was like, "What are you two? What is going on over there? What is that beeping?" Now the, the Chris, old cell what's phone. Up? Not me, Kev. <laughs> well, I thought it was you. The old cell phone game now, so she'll be calling you. us right back. She will be call- so, she'll be calling us right back to talk more about spirituality. Uh, you know, very, very interesting, Kev. The concept, yeah, um, the handshakes and the and, and again, I want to talk a little bit to Gene about. I, I think it's our culture and kind of especially men. I think men and women differ in, in a lot of aspects, especially. Well, let's get Gene. Let's get yeah. Gene back up. Gene, welcome back. Yeah, thank you. Sorry, I, I listened so long to George on my phone that it, <laughs> the one hand of my landline battery right now. Gene, uh, you know, talking about spirituality and you know every, everything you talk about, do you think our culture, especially as men, we we want the violent nature, especially of a football game, and and we like the hard hitting, um, as, as opposed to maybe. If football was a two-hand touch sport, I, I mean, I, I think men generally want that barbaric. Uh, like, like you know, we we stop and watch car crashes. 
you know, in train wrecks. And I think it's kind of, is that kind of the way of the world? Um, I think so. Uh, as you may or may not know, if you read my book, you'll find out I'm a parrot head. Um, and, and Jimmy Buffett <laughs> has something to say about that, actually. Um, and I quote him in the book, actually, before this, this um, piece about the, uh, the Football Coaches Association. In Only Time Will Tell, his song, Only Time Will Tell, he says, Are we destined to be ruled by a bunch of old white men? who compare the world of football and a program to defend. Um, that we really do. I think football is an, uh, something that we look to, but also for men's sports, we talk about hockey and, um, and, and the MMA and, uh, and wrestling. And, yes, wrestling is a sport. It is a sport. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 we didn't argue for so, the sport. We said are they athletes or, or entertainers. We're talking more professional, obviously. Oh, the professional wrestlers? Nah, that's entertainment. Yeah. That's entertainment, um, exactly, right. right. <laughs> um, but I do think that um, that women play hockey. I think that women play lacrosse and soccer. And I do know women who play football, uh, tackle football. And the rules are different for women. And why? Because women don't want to knock the crap out of each other, for the most part. Um, it's why I coach volleyball. I think it's why I resonate so strongly with volleyball is that we're separated by a net. There's no physical contact. It is a mental and a, and a, actually a spiritual bond uh, among the team members where you got to work together to make this thing happen um, and make this ball hit the floor on the other side. It's, it's, um, uh, it's really a conundrum between what men want to watch on, for entertainment and what women really want to watch. Um, my daughter-in-law actually played women's hockey, and she is, uh, I mean, they didn't have the, the hits. They didn't have the things that happen in the NHL, and um, I, I really think that there has to be some sort of adjudication, something, uh, especially in the NFL, to uh, to remove this kind of outcome for these men um, because they have families, they have mothers. They, I, my son played football. Uh, and they have greater responsibilities than than um, winning football games, and that's uh, that's what we really struggle with. Gene, I don't know where I fall on in terms of like I love watching football, but then again, I love watching golf, and I'm a big golf fan. So it's two totally different. Obviously, golf is a peaceful. You're competing against the course. You're competing against others, but there's no physical contact or anything like that. And I love watching golf as much as football. So I don't know. Does that make me Half man, half woman. Uh, uh, I yeah, that. that's, you're, you're a metrosexual. You're a metrosexual. <laughs> um, no, I and you, you said the key word a few times, and this is the word that made me really consider writing this book because I was teaching it so many times. The real definition of the word competition from the original Latin means to work with. Com means to work with. Now, it, traditionally, how we're thinking about it, so when you compete on a football field, it's like when that guy across from you, you're, you're, you're working against him. Um, and, and even my team, my Division three volleyball team, uh, when they compete, often they're thinking, I'm competing against that team, and therefore I need to hate them. And um, as we use that version of competition, um, we we get into this us versus them mentality where we have to remove the other, we have to eliminate the other, 
rather than accept the other and honor the other as making us better. So that's really evolution happening at its finest, um, that, that competition means to work with. So when you're golfing, you're working with the course. Mm-hmm. And if you feel like as, when you're playing golf, if you're working against something, you're not going to shoot. You, you, you know, you're not right. going right. to even hit handicap. Yeah, I, I think one um, of the so, I think one of the coolest I don't mean to cut you off, Gene, but I think one of the coolest traditions in sports is when a hockey playoff or Stanley Cup or whatever, you know, they're out there competing against each other and you know, sometimes they're getting in fights, things like that. They always line up at the end and shake hands so you see the mutual respect for a, a hard fought series or game. They do and have I think it. I think that's pretty cool. I, I love that moment and that's a sportual moment. Right. You know, I, I it's definitely a bloggable, sportual moment. Um, and it was. I mean, I sat there as I watched the end of the Stanley Cup. Uh, it, it moves emotion in you. However, what is your emotion when somebody gets hit in football and you know that guy's down? I mean, when I, as a woman, and when I'm watching football and there's a guy down on the field, I can't, I, that kid is my son. You know, there has to be a shift in thought about this game. And, and you know, I knew I was going to be talking to you guys tonight. I knew that George was going to be on. Uh, I know that even, again, here at our Division III uh, college with, with football, we struggle with concussion. And so I talked to our football coach, and I'm, I said, Jamie, you know, what do you think about this? And he said, we have to teach the game differently. And, you know, he was talking about the things, the very things that you and George were talking about, about getting your bell rung and, you know, get up again. Like when he was playing, he said, yeah, come on, get up, get up, brush yourself off, you know, get back in the game. That cannot happen. The brain is, is, is a gift and the brain is, is like, like George said, the most important organ in your body. So, um, yeah, it's an emotional time and it's an emotional thing. And this is an evolution in sport in football that's going to lead the charge for evolution of working with the other and honoring the other um, and competing with the other and not against. Because uh, just as, you know, you talked with him about changing the culture of, you know, playing players not being willing to sit out or players not wanting to admit they have a concussion, we need a national conversation about, A, the culture of sport reflecting the culture of, the greed and the violence and everything in our our greater national culture. That sport is just a reflection and a symptom of the greater national culture, the problems like Newtown and mass shootings and violence Mm -hmm. and things like that. So, I mean, I could go on and on, but I think um, sportuality itself um, is transforming uh, sport from the inside out. And whether that's from the inside the personal athlete outside or whether it's from inside a team out or whether it's from inside a sport out. Um, Sportuality is asking us to really shift our thinking and our thought about sport and why we do it. So, Gene, with, you know, you're bringing up some really good points about, you know, sports in general. Uh, With our culture nowadays, how how would you, how can you even start to go about Changing some of these, changing some of these mindsets. I got to change I my think, own. I think, yeah, I think not to cut you off, Gene, but I think, Kev, it starts with 
you're going to I think you're swimming upstream with telling an NFL player now yeah. don't you know don't leave with your head or don't do this they've been pro- they've been programmed their whole life I think it starts at the peewee like at the youth at, level at the youth level across the country it has to start with the youth level uh-huh. and you have to change as you get older it has to keep on just being kind of retaught this is what we're doing this is what we're doing I don't know if you feel the same way or not, Gene. No, I agree. And as I've been living with spirituality and talking about it, again, getting out and talking to people, um, to groups, to different teams, I've talked at churches and and, and, and different colleges and high schools and uh, athletic events, um, it has been very clear to me, very clear, that we need to reach the youth, the children. So the next book is uh, I'm a Good Sport, and it's it's for, for ages four through eight. It's for the kids to say, you know, why am I playing? What am I playing for? And in very, very simple, straightforward language that a four-year-old to an eight-year-old can understand because kids see their parents being fans. They see their parents being athletes at some level, and they, they see competition, and it's often corrupted competition that they see and they get. And anything that is in, put in the, the, the zero to six brain. Speaking of brains, the brain is so amazing. But anything that we put into that zero to six brain sticks and grows. And so, yes, I believe I, I agree with you, Mike. And and we have to reach the kids. Gene, I think um, you know we've all played sports. We're not played sports. We've all done something competitive. Whether it was playing basketball, playing volleyball, playing cards against your grandmother, you know, whatever it is, playing board games. And I heard a great quote the other day. And growing up, you know, Kevin and I played sports our whole lives, and there's a lot right. of guys who win, and they're not very gracious winners, you know. And there's some guys who lose and always have excuses. And I heard a great quote the other day, and it was, I think, I, I don't know, I don't want to misquote it, but I probably will. But I think it was something to the effect of, when you lose, say little; when you win, say less. And it's pretty. <laughs> I, I kind of think that's like because a lot of guys, when you win, they're they're very boastful and, yeah. you know, but I, I just think that's a great quote. I agree. I could not agree more. Uh, and the first thing I'm going to ask you guys to do is change your language to when you say compete, instead of say compete against, say compete with. Compete with. It's, it's just, compete with instead of compete against um, because that's where we're going to start changing too. Besides changing the kids, we're going to compete with these people. We're not going to compete against them. But But I agree because uh, I, I had my 500th win two years ago, and I talked to my coach from – I played at the University of Michigan, and, and, and I, he was from China. And I, I, he called me up to congratulate, and I said, well, thanks. He goes, but I'll tell you what, that's not what it's about. It's not about the winning. You teach when you lose. <laughs> and I, I had yep. a little chuckle because, you know, I said I, I, I've lo- almost lost just as many, so that's really a good thing, you know. And, um, <laughs> you, you teach when you lose. And when you win, you should say very, very little and take the lesson of, okay, we did something right there, women. Let's move on and continue to do things right. Um, but I agree. I, when you When you lose is when you teach. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think a lot of the most valuable life lessons, especially when you're younger, is when you lose to teach, you know, uh, listen, guys, you know, this is why we lost. We need to work on this. We need to get better at this. Um, when you're winning, everything's kind of just going nice and everything's flowing and you kind of get a little maybe too big for your britches. Like, we don't have to work on anything anymore until you come across a team who may be better, things like that. Um, but uh, 
Gene, it says here, I'm just looking at your bio, that your two, obviously we're, we talk a lot of sports as well. Your two sons, yeah. Andrew and Kevin, uh, got drafted by the Tigers, it looks like? They did. Homegrown. They did. Home, homegrown products. Homegrown. It's, it's awesome because I grew up as a Tiger fan, the 68 Tigers and my boys. And, uh, and my older son was born in 84, the year the Tigers won it again. Oh. Uh, and he just and he just had a son on Wednesday, so like I'm oh, thinking it's time for the Tigers to win another one. It's time for the Tigers to win another one. So, it's about well, that time. Well, you know what? This they could, got a shot this, now. This could be the year with their pitching staff. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, that my, both my boys were pitchers. So hello. I mean, did they really have a chance? You know. Um, <laughs> and and they were and they were both right-handed. And uh, no, I mean, but but then I was I'm able to. Um, understand the game from the inside. I, I, I get the business of the game. I really, and, and sometimes it, mm-hmm. as a mom, sometimes it hurts me, you know, that my son was let go after spring training. But, but you know what? They were there, and they got to be there, and they got to feel it, and they got to, to experience what a very, very handful of, of people get to do in their lifetime. So, no, I, and, and can I be a Tiger fan now still? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. It's actually, I'm missing the game right now. They're playing the White Sox. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but no, I, I, I love baseball. Baseball is a peaceful game. Pa- baseball is a wonderful sportual game, and it's got so many wonderful lessons. Um, and, uh, and, and the one thing, people will ask me about, you know, is it truly that way? Um, as a mom of pitchers, I know that they have to throw at guys. I mean, I, I don't know if you knew that uh, the, the thing back um, that was a few weeks ago where we had to, where one of the Tiger pitchers had to retaliate, um, and it was a, After he got, it yeah. was a big, it was a big deal. But my son said that in in the minors he was told to throw at a guy and he threw behind him and he was fined, you know. So, yeah. um, so there's a there's a business behind it, but there also are the greater lessons of sport and 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 for the listener i would i would implore you to look at your sport and what does it teach you uh baseball teaches you patience you got to wait you got to wait and sometimes mm-hmm. the best you know the best hitters are the ones that can wait the longest you got to wait your pitch you know and mm-hmm. and, and, and 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 volleyball uh, well, ask my husband i'm always right <laughs> but like um <laughs> I have that same question. Those are my two favorite words. (laughs) (laughs) No, but like volleyball is is ultimately about forgiveness and and all these fruits of the spirit. And as you go on into other chapters, you know, you you get different things, different anecdotes with different sports. And, um, you know, volleyball, the next point is coming right now. And if you don't forgive right now, it's going to bite you in the butt the next time. So, um, I, I really think that there are lessons in each sport. I think sport is valuable. I think that, that we really need to continue to evolve sport um, because we're evolving. As a country, as a nation, everything is evolving and moving and changing. And if sport doesn't change with it, uh, it's going to go down, you know, uh, and, and it, w- that can't happen. I mean, it's too much ingrained in our culture and too much a part of our culture to really go down. And uh and we need to participate in the change before we're victims of the change. Absolutely. Well, we're on the line with Gene Hess. Uh, Gene, thank you so much for joining us tonight, uh, giving some of your insight on spirituality. Uh, you can find Gene's book, Spirituality, Finding Joy in the Games, at uh, 
Amazon, at, at your local bookstore, uh, go pick it up. Uh, gives you a good perspective of sports. Uh, follow, follow Gene on Twitter at Gene underscore Hess. Uh, that's J-E-A-N-N-E underscore Hess, H-E-S-S, or at Sportuality uh, on Twitter. Uh, Gene, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thanks, guys. And Sportualitybook.com is the website. Sportualitybook.com. Perfect. Thank yep. you, Gene. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Thanks. Yep, you too. So joining, uh, you know, some pretty interesting guests, uh, George and uh, Gene, really gave us a uh, gave us a good a good look at at you know concussion you know, sports Just in general the and the, the other side exactly. That a lot of us don't see, and well, two knowledgeable guests. I mean, a lot of great insight there. A lot, a lot to get into. Um, with 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 the right yeah yeah just a lot to get into with both of them um mm-hmm. you know it, it's kind of like George was talking about more of the vicious side and the hits and things like that and Gene kind of brings the it was a very yin, peaceful, yin and yang yeah, yeah the peaceful kind of you're competing with not against uh-huh. and the more respect for the game and things like that so two two different yeah looks different, at, at, at at the same at the topic same exactly uh, the show brought to you tonight by Foam Pack. Supplier of all Graco products, just a phone call away, 888-458-2928. First hour was brought to you by Abacare South Jersey Orthopedic Associates. Go see Dr. Wetzler for all your orthopedic needs. That phone number is 856-424-8866. This hour brought to you by Integrated Play. If you are an athlete looking to transition into a career outside of the athletic realm or professional athletics, uh, give Renee Shaw a call, 269-760-3857. You know, Mike and I, breaking down some of this, some of the concussion talk, uh, some of the spirituality talk, uh, I thought thought this was really interesting in terms of what we were going through. It seemed like we weren't really talking, which is probably great for the viewer, or viewers, listeners. Yeah, I mean, anytime it's less of us and more of knowledgeable people. Yeah. It's, um, it, it's probably better for the listening audience, it, but but no, uh, j- just great, um, just great interview. Sometimes, it, sometimes you need to just sit back and listen. Sometimes we talk too much, and we need to do a little more listening. And I mean, listening to George, reading George's bio, and, you know, and things like that, you don't really know that man, the guy's homeless. I mean, just how much these concussions have affected. It's like the guy's homeless. Yeah, I mean, that was shocking. I, you know, we're sitting here in the studio, kind of like just befuddled when yeah. he's telling us everything that's happening. What? He loses his wife, his family, money, he's writing checks with no money in the account, and just the, the things that kind of, the things we take for granted. Exactly. You know, we take for granted getting up in the morning and remembering what we ate for lunch yesterday. But, you know, it's it's so true. We're a, throw, we're a throwaway culture. I mean, how many people, how many, we were, we're crazy you more than I, sports enthusiast. So you probably Mike remembers every single yeah, Phillies I'm, lineup from 1975 yeah, I'm, I'm on. Yeah, kind of freakish like that. Um, and like in the bullpen guys like that. Yet, but yet I forget my I forgot my anniversary two years ago. <laughs> how'd that go over? Not well. My wife. I wake how up. How did you? The, how did you possibly do that? Kemp, I don't know. My wife wakes up in the morning. She goes. And, it, and again, I had just woken up. I'm, so you're all groggy. But I'm did a morning you, person. Well, did you remember it like a few days before? Did you remember it the day yeah, before? I had no clue what was coming up. I, I swear, my, my anniversary is May 9th, 2009. Uh-huh. Is when I got married. I wake up in the morning and Rachel hands me a card. She goes, happy anniversary. I go, anniversary of what? Was exactly what I said. 
<laughs> and then I look at it and I'm going. Now I'm kind of like it's early, and I'm kind of going, wait a second. I know Let's it's I know together. it's May. Yeah. And <laughs> how it, you see yeah. that. That's a that's a rookie mistake right there. You you should have just been like, oh, you too, honey. I have your card. Then you just run to CVS. But it hit me. It hit me so quick. Like it just. I just woke up and she throws it in my face and I'm going, for what? And I open it and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> How are you still uh, married? Uh, yeah, that. Um, you know, if you can survive that, you can survive anything. <laughs> that's that's very true. Wow. Kev, do you know what a compound word is? What? A compound word. I'm aware. Okay. Well. You are. You are. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought it could be you thought, are. You see, are. Right? I thought you were. Thing. See, I thought you were saying. Uh, you. She was saying like, what did they say? Whatever you. You said you're right. Right. She said like I'm always right or something like oh, that. Oh yeah. I was she like, said oh, I'm always right. Ask my husband. Yeah. And I said those and are my two like, favorite was, words. I was just like, oh wait, there's three, three words. Yeah, so, and I thought you were saying you're always right. Yeah. Uh, Adam, mute his mic. But, uh, a little banter back and forth, a little yeah, friendly so, banter. Um, yeah, so the marriage, um, you know, the, I'm still married. <laughs> that's that's to, a good thing. You know, I'm still married to the same, to same, the same girl, same girl, two and a half year old daughter. So yeah, that was uh And then my neighbor stuck up for me. He goes, you know, cut him a break. It's in the morning. You know, you, yeah. you bombard him first thing in the morning. See, uh, I would yeah, like you, you kind of stick up, and I would I would say like, oh well. You know, we just talked about it yesterday. That it's his anniversary is tomorrow. He's excited. He's got this plan and this plan. I would have, you know, you got to stick up for you, even when, though. When I buy a card, whether it's an anniversary, a birthday, Christmas, whatever it is, Valentine's Day, I tend to get the cards with the most things written on them, so I can say less. <laughs> I'm very, ro- that's very romantic. But I'm bad at like. You're bad with your words. I, I, I writing I, them. I, I'm bad writing. I think I'm better speaking them. Although, yeah. although many <laughs> listeners right now are going, are you sure about that? But uh, yeah, I, I mean, we go to a caller here, Kev. No, can, continue. Oh, okay. Continue yeah, your story. I, so, I, I, so, I know who the caller is online. We'll put him on hold. Don? For it. It's Don Fairfax. Okay, so yeah, so I get the card with the most I, I, blank cards. Rookie move. Yeah. That's a lot of writing, a lot yeah. of thoughts, um, which I which don't come to me that uh, quickly that when I'm writing. Naturally, yeah. you know what I'm you know what I'm big on. This is a family tradition of mine. I don't know why I started it, but I definitely I like went into a card shop and I think it was it was an obscure it was it was, it was like a birthday or something and I went into a card shop and everything was two ninety nine and then they had the list the ninety nine cent ones and like the birthday ones were terrible, so I was looking and there was a really funny one that was like a graduation oh yeah yeah, yeah. so i cross it out yeah i crossed yeah, it out yeah, yeah, yeah. so i i really got into that to the point yep. where we're, we're now you now know, everyone yeah. in my family tries to find the most ridiculous right. card to give for uh each holiday you know what the key birthday. is you know what the key is for all you um newly married you know newlyweds or or even <laughs> don't old, forget or your even, don't, or even only weds don't forget your anniversary don't forget your anniversary but also like that card that no that for no reason card is always key the what the, I call it the for no reason card. You get a card for no reason. Yeah, like you get a card like you're, like you're driving. No, like you're driving home and you know what? It's a random Wednesday night. You're like, you know what? Let me let me get the Hallmark. You bring that card just to like, the honey, I love you, just Please. to show you I love you. I'm getting you a card for no reason. Have they, you ever done that? As a matter of fact, yes. <laughs> or you could take her on vacation. What What do you write in the card? Again, I get the card with a lot of writing, and then it's basically okay. at the end, I just write, I love you. What kind of cards do you get? For, uh, no, just, they don't have no reason card section in <laughs> CVS. 
Yeah. The blank, look, look, blank card? Look, Adam, you've been sleeping over here at the desk for, for, for an hour and a half, and all of a sudden you're on breaking my stones about a card. Go back to bed. But seriously, what, are, what kind of card do you get? I, you just get a random card. It could be anything. Happy Happy, happy, happy Wednesday. <laughs> happy Hanukkah? Yeah, happy Hanukkah. Oh, um, yeah, but or, or, or like just a teddy bear for no, like a little stuffed animal for no reason. Speak, um, uh, by the way, speaking of the hump day, we were at the. I went to the zoo yesterday. By the way, oh lucky. By the way, bought a. Uh, you went to the zoo yesterday. I did. Bought, I was thinking too about the photo. I hate the zoo. Jeff. Bought a bought a. Uh, animal at the zoo. No, bought a membership for the year. Yeah, we have that. It's oh, just a, it, it, it pays for itself. Oh, it's Kev. You if, live there. If you go, I was. Giraffe. <laughs> oh yeah, you sure not. They didn't let, they I was wondering where you're going to go with that, but what on, animal on, I was going to be compared to. Honestly, like, the zoo membership, what's it, like $130 a year or something It was, like it was that. $99. $99, yeah. We have one, too, and it gives you the parking pass. Yeah, free parking. Literally, you go twice or three times and it pays for it. It, was, it would have been $60 for Sarah, myself, and our daughter to go. It was yeah. parking and everything, yeah. It was, and we paid 99 We can go as much as we want. Not a big zoo guy. Listen, the zoo... How many? I can't, can't tell you how many times that, that, that you went up to see an animal and said this animal is, uh, <laughs> or temporarily being uh, ref- no, part of our appearance while we refer. No, it was it was by the camel. Like every d bag was just yelling, "Hope dude!" Like oh, at, wow. like nonstop that's at the camel. Funny. That's funny. But it's like it was funny when I thought of it when I was walking up to the camel and didn't and thought of it in my head and and said it to my wife. But like. Everyone just shouts it, and everyone heard the first guy shout it, and then two minutes later, the other guy shouts it, and people laugh less, and then, like, the third guy comes up and yells it, and everyone just looks at him. See, like, that, that's funny. Every time I've been to the zoo, the camels were never out. Did really? you ever have any Former uh, manager of the Philadelphia Zoo? Guess who? You guys both know him. Rick Biddle. Rick Biddle. Rick Biddle, the one Rick the only. Rick Biddle. Listen. Uh, Rick Biddle. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, did you ever have any uh, little kids come up to you? I'm like, yo, mommy, look at your It's a petty zoo. <laughs> No, but it's funny. All right, for those you don't, for those you don't know, uh, my co-host Kevin is six foot eleven, um, giant. But you know what's funny? We were at the giraffe display, and, I'm, and people were looking at you. Yeah, but they were trying to feed you. I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel bad if a giraffe. I feel bad if it. I really feel bad. Is that grass? I feel bad if a giraffe has a sore throat. Like, where do you start? Well, like the bad joke. The horrible joke. The giraffe. We were there, and it's like the guy turns to me, and he's and it's like the whitest, white trashiest guy out there, and he's just like turns to me, just like you play ball, and I'm just like this is not gonna end well. This is gonna we're somehow good. Yeah, no, no, dude, I'm six foot eleven. No, I, I, uh, no, I, I was I'm like, a hockey player. I'm a keeper. I was, it's, I was like, it's just gonna get back to the, it's gonna get back to the giraffe eventually, which right. it did. And yeah, I was gonna get at back that, to the, at that point. I just hey, walked away. How's the weather up there? Well, yeah. Any nosebleeds? <laughs> dude, I remember like I think we were in the mall one time and like random people just come come up and go, dude, how big are your hand? Let me see your hands. Yeah, like they want to like, see body parts. You like when you go out, do you notice that people look at you? Yeah. Do you, I thought. Well, it's so. Well, you know what's funny? You know what's funny? I'm with Kevin today. We met up at a coffee shop to kind of go over a lot of stuff today. <laughs> and when we're walking, when we're oh, walking, Chris was there too. I invited Adam, but you guys were. Can we, uh, that's why uh, I asked no, if you were at work. Fine. Everyone had a child. I asked if you had work. I asked you that. No. You Did I not? Said, I said, do you have? The, I said, do you have? Turn on my way to camp. Yeah, and right. Because I, wa- I wanted so, to get the whole group together. Right, so we're well. walking out. We're walking out, and I and my daughter Kevin has his baby Olivia. So we're walking out, and the guy behind the counter says, "All right, guys, have a good day." And I always peek at the guy. I always peek at them to see if they're looking at Kevin weirdly. And I he find was. myself he was yeah yeah like and they always like and you'll watch like kind of like when we get past 
I'll kind of turn back and you see the one guy nudge like, and he'll like nudge the other person, just point up like, yeah, like like she doesn't know you're yeah. tall. Yeah, like the, she, she, need, she oh my needed God. that D bag that hit you on the. Uh, hey, dude, look how tall that guy is. Can't hear you from up there. <laughs> like, they just make fun of you because you're because you're so short. Because <laughs> I freak the mighty. Go <laughs> on his shoulders and. Well, that's what I mean. We've talked about this before. When when we go places, and it's funny because like we, you and I have been going, so, like been out and done stuff yep. so many times that you it, you don't even notice it. Really, you'll t- turn and look. But like you know, there's people that I've recently become friends with, and they're just like it's it. They're used to it now, but the, in the beginning, they're just like I can't. Every time we go somewhere, everyone stares at you. I was like, I know. I just I was like, I didn't even notice anymore. I remember at one point we had we had everybody we had a bunch of people thinking you were uh, who did who did what NBA player Jason Smith. Remember we had people thinking <laughs> oh, yeah. you were Jason Smith. Yeah. That was funny. Yeah. That we had that going for a while now. Yeah, probably for about six months. Yeah. Next time you go out and someone people look at you. Don't say anything. Just ask them if they want an autograph. Spend they don't know who you are. They don't know who you are. Just sign an autograph. Take a picture. You know, tell them to take a picture because it'll last longer. <laughs> but if I'm going to, like, ask for a picture. Be pic- rude. Oh, so be, be rude. rude. The ruder, the better? Absolutely. Okay. That's my motto. Jesse, this morning on SportsCenter, uh, Durant had 63 in that program. <laughs> yeah, Spencer what, Hawes is playing. Yeah, what they also left out is Spencer Hawes at 58. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Swear to God. Yeah. You want me to do a little research right now? That's no, disgusting. I, I, I mean, who are, I mean, were they the, playing one on one? Was Durant and Hawes playing one on one? I think Durant would have never scored fifty eight versus Durant. Uh, all right, should we all right. Go, let's go. Yeah, to let's Don. go to Don from Fairfax. Don, sorry we had you on hold. We really had to. We really had to bust through that giraffe talk. How are you tonight? Well, that's that's quite all right. I know this is a, it's like a one nine hundred number. Every time I call in, I get a bill for eighty eight dollars. So you guys must be getting <laughs> something by keeping me on hold. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't you think? Uh, Don, we have another call. Now. Can you hold? <laughs> Don't you think that the camel is a new Dalmatian? I mean, after that commercial and then the 101 Dalmatian, people are going to be buying camels. They're going to show up in, in, in six months at the shelter because I can't deal with the camel now. It's true. People are like, oh, let's, let's rescue this uh, this camel from Africa. And suddenly... Yeah, the camel rescue. Yeah. Gee, it's so true. Uh, hey, a, a couple things on the yeah, – I, I thought the, the guests and I were just – it was great. Uh, to Obviously, two uh, – completely different perspectives on on athletics and, and contact but you know on, on the football the the object of the game is to physically stop a person from getting into your territory or, or get, making some headway down the the field and, and yeah and i think the the nfl is trying to do something about it now i don't know if it's wholehearted or half-hearted but you know things like protecting the quarterback and uh Helmet to helmet contact, um, but I, I think some of the problem or a lot of the problem might be the individuals playing the game with that thug mentality. And I'm going to take somebody out, and I don't know if, if the coaches are doing it, encouraging them to do it. But I think there's guys that are out there that aren't out there to play the sport as the sport was meant to play. They're out there to hurt somebody to show everybody how tough they are. Yeah, I mean, especially like a guy like James Harrison, if you watch Hard Knocks. Oh, my gosh. I mean, that guy, the coaches are saying, don't hit him, don't go near him. You know, I mean, and he's, he's like, kind of like a, just a loose cannon. And the coaches are, <laughs> he looks like he's going to eat the coaches. He's yeah. a big dude, too. He's a big guy. He's scary, man. He was. He, he is scary. I mean, I wouldn't feel comfortable going across the middle in practice and having him lurking around. I wouldn't feel comfortable asking for an autograph. What yeah. if they What if they put no. that little stunt with you, at, with, with him, Adam? Right. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. was not then, listening. But great show. Today. And then when, when you take hockey, like again, the object isn't it, – it's to stop them from scoring. Similar to basketball, but on the ice with skates. And then there will be a fight because of the contact. And if you – and everybody watches, the referees stand there like they have the best seat in the house while these two guys pummel one another. Mm-hmm. And at some point, they they stop it. And I don't know what the rules are. Do they do they say, well, should we stop it now? Or do they wait till somebody's going to get uh, get hurt? I, I just I don't understand why they allow it, because there'll be a hard hit on somebody and there'll be a penalty called. But yet these two guys are standing in the middle of the ice, punching the snot out of one another, and what's going to happen is the referees are going to be standing there, and somebody's going to get permanently injured, and then mm-hmm. that whole thing is going to it's going to go away, and it shouldn't it shouldn't get to that. I think in in hockey there should be something where um, where, where fighting is not allowed like that. I mean, they're they're great big guys are standing there with helmets off probably, and, and just you know beating the crap out of one another. Mm-hmm. Well, here here's the problem too, Don. Like a lot of people go to hockey games just to see the just fight. to see a fight. Yeah, I mean, and the guys are drop their gloves, and you see the guys on the first row there in the first row banging on the glass. You know, well, I mean, that's I mean, that's oh, what yeah. George was talking about. It's like the the culture is. I mean, these teams are trying to make money, so they're, the the NHL is trying to make money, just like the Forty ers are trying to make money. So they don't really care as much as people might think that they care about the players. They don't care because, like we said, you're not going to remember who played. Wing for the Flyers in 1994. John Leclerc? Mm, probably. <laughs> Mike would know that. Zeke, Zeke, who is it? No, but I, no, I know what you're saying though. But you're going to remember the like Dave Schultz gonna, was like the exactly. enforcer, right? But like that's the that's the thing. Like they, these teams don't really care. They want the, they want the fights because well, they, they want to put people in the stands. Well, hockey has people that are called goons. Yeah. And they do nothing but go out and enforce and fight and. And fight. I mean, football has the same thing. I mean, there's guys that are yeah. that that trying to that are out there trying to hurt people. Basketball. How about the Temple versus St. Joe's yeah. when Cheney? Yeah. No, I think it was no, Cheney's. UMass. Yeah, was, was it Temple it? UMass? Yeah, maybe when Cheney's last year when uh, he sent the guy out just to hurt. Oh, I think that was yeah, St. No, Joe's. No, he, it he, was St. Joe's. Yeah, I'm thinking you. Yeah, you're exactly right. It was St. Joe's. Yeah, and he sent him out and just and put him on his back. Yep, and yep. It's, that was the year St. Joe's was really good. I think it was Cheney's right. last year. You're right. Sent him out, put him on his back, and you know it's like a hired thug. And I just I agree with the sportuality in that you know there needs to be a way to kind of clean up some of that dirty play, some of the the unsportsmanlike stuff. Now, what do you feel about like a baseball? Like, um, you know, let's say a guy hits Ryan Howard. In the oh, I think yeah, you got to throw at him. Yeah, right. Because yeah, I don't get that. She was saying the same. Yeah. It's it that's I mean, just what, part of that's part of the game. If you're if you're a better baseball player, strike him out, or yeah. or give him something that that he can't hit. But the the thing that to throw at somebody, and that's you know that if if it was in a court of law, if it wasn't in a baseball game, and that's you threw true. a baseball and you hit somebody in the head, they'd sue you. Well, well, how about <laughs> well, how about this, Don? How about if I if I'm a pitcher, I hit a batter. If he runs at me with the bat. And hits me with the bat. I mean, that's considered a weapon. Yeah. Now, throwing a baseball at someone's head at 99 miles per hour, that's okay. I don't I get it. I think a 90 mile an hour fastball should be considered a weapon, right. too. That's what I mean, right? Like, you can throw at these guys, but God forbid you bring the bat, you don't drop the bat, you're going to be arrested for uh, attempted assault with a weapon. Yet I can yeah. throw a baseball and, uh, at your ear. 
And I can't imagine how much that must hurt. <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't want to. I mean, I don't want to imagine how much it hurts getting hit like in the in the ribs by a ah. Oh. Uh, yeah. There was a, a story from a guy told me years and years ago when Don Drysdale was pitching for the Dodgers, and the uh, the coach came out and he said we want to intentionally walk this guy, and Don Drysdale said to the to the manager, well, why don't you just hit him? <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yeah, depends on how you look at it, I guess. That's that's great. Hey, hey I'm, I'll, yeah. I'll save three pitches. Let me just hit him. <laughs> that's right. I'll save my arm. I'll just hit him. That's right. And just one final comment. I, I'm I can't go with you on this one, Mike. But going to the drugstore to buy a greeting card, like for Valentine's or something, is one of the two tortures in life. <laughs> <laughs> when you start an, to read, what about, a, what about an everyday card? No, 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 I can't do it. Now, Don, now, Don, how long have you been married for? You're, you're married. How long have you been married for? Well, like uh, sixty-two years. <laughs> it only feels like an eternity. Yeah, yeah, thirty plus. Thirty plus, but like, how many different things can you write in all the cards? I mean, yeah, it's just hard. Like, I have a hard time expressing my feelings in writing. <laughs> Help me out, Doc. I guess you're a, a hallmark kind of guy. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just don't like. I mean, I wish I could just say every. I love you. At the end, just that's all I need to say. So let the words do your talking. Let the, right. That's right. It's like you're, so you're the kind of guy who wouldn't make a gift. You're going out and buying a gift. Who me? I I can't make. No, Mike. I can't make. What, oh. what do I make? I can't make anything. You can't make eggs. I can actually make breakfast. I can't make anything else. But I'm not making anything. Uh. Like my wife, she'll make hats and knit a scarf and make a blanket. I I can't do any of that stuff. What is going on over here? Oh, jeez. Oh, All right, thanks, Don. Thanks for Don, Thanks, for guys. Me. Have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. You too. All right, we got another call. Last, we'll take this last call for. Uh, we got some, still some time. You're in the matchup zone. Hello. Hello. What's up, guys? <laughs> All right, they can. I, yeah, we must have must have had a bad connection. So. Well, we we got off. Well, we we were talking a little bit about spirituality and. Uh, oh yeah, we wait, were wait, talking. Wait, wait a second, Gene. Uh-oh. Gene has just tweeted. Give her a gift card to the spa. She will love you forever. Gene, I swear on my mother. For was it Christmas? I got her a gift card to uh, for a massage. Yeah. Hand and, hand and what hot stone or whatever it is. What? You, wait, what? Hot stone, Where? hand and stone massage. The place. Yeah. The place at the Wegmans. Yeah. I got uh, it right there. Yeah. Uh huh. It's funny, Gene said that, and that's exactly what I did. Uh, Gene, I'm not sure how much she'll love me because she hasn't used it yet. <laughs> what, so what's what other gifts? I mean, you're right in terms of like, you know, Sarah and I celebrated our sixth wedding anniversary. Uh, Congratulations! Saying, yeah, yeah. Woo! Bring out the cake. Well, you know, you know what's funny, Kev? As you're talking about that, Sorry. the greatest thing I ever got, Rachel, uh-huh. was one of those Pandora bracelets. And I'll tell you why. Like, you look at me like, are you not? I don't know what a Pandora bracelet is. You know Pandora, the music? Yeah. Pandora no. They just put that on a bracelet. No, 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 no. Here's what Pandora is. Does it play is. music? Pandora is, if you go in the mall or something, it, it's a store that's always crowded. I mean, they sell jewelry. And, and what they have is, and, 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 the, and the women and girls listening will, will know what I'm talking about. It's a bracelet. And it's kind of empty. And you buy charms to fill uh, it up. 
I see what and you're doing. And it's great because every holiday, like, there's no thinking, what am I going to get her now? What am I going to It's okay, a charm. I'm just going to get her two more charms. It's the greatest oh, thing wow. for men ever invented was that was that Pandora bracelet. I thank them tremendously. See, I just – can we get them as a sponsor? <laughs> I mean, it's true. They, it would. It, it it does make. It does kind of idiot proof going out and shopping. The most stressful time for me every year is Christmas. Did I get her enough? What did she get me? What am I going to get her this year? Yeah. I, I feel like I'm easy to shop for. I'm really trying to think outside the box. I'm. I'm really trying. I'm trying. I mean, I got her a little jewelry box. Uh, last, like I messed up last year and I didn't. I didn't get her the 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 anniversary like they have a gift every single year you're supposed to get her wood so i didn't get her wood last year <laughs> but uh <laughs> but the uh the they i got her a little jewelry box a wooden jewelry box this year was part of the uh her anniversary now, gift now 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 this may seem mean what but it wasn't interns get? what do we get for christmas what uh, how much cash are we we're talking about uh, what chris we, we, we will get secret santa yeah Oh, yeah, yeah that's go. a great yeah. idea. I'm home for three days, all right? But let me know. But here's what's funny. Two years ago, two years ago for my wife's birthday, I'm going, what do I got to work? Our dishwasher was broken. Our dishwasher was broken. Now, every day my wife would have to do the dishes by hand. So I got her a new dish. Now, it sounds bad, but I got her a new dishwasher. I feel like you got everyone a new dishwasher. No, I I didn't because very my job I have two jobs in the house. Uh huh. One is to take the garbage out. The other is to unload the dishwasher. That's my two jobs. So you only had one job when the dishwasher went. Yeah. So why did I get a dishwasher? <laughs> I really don't know. You really, you made your life. But, but anyway, because anyway, anyway, you love your wife. But anyway, why. I get her a dishwasher because she's slaving over dishes. Now for Christmas later that year, what did she get? Well, I'm sorry. For my birthday a month later, what did she get me? What? She got me like a heavy duty like weed whacker, and I felt like she was getting me back. Like, okay, no problem. I'm you got me a dishwasher. I'll get yeah. Well, here's a weed whacker. I'll, fix your, I'll fix your wagon. Yeah, she got me. She got the last laugh on that one. Which one's Kev? Oh Jesus! I was like, what? A, what? A... <laughs> I was wondering. I was uh, B B. I heard all the laughing going on in the uh, in the little interns lounge, and uh, just looked over. They they showed a Adam has a picture and he said which one's Kevin? It was a picture of me, and then he scrolled through and it was a picture of a giraffe. Well played. All right. Well done. It apparently was it was funny. It was the giraffe. A couple of people laughed. Um, Three. So so real quick, Kev, we have a few minutes left. We got to get into this. Uh, are are wrestlers? Oh yeah. Uh, okay. Are they entertainers or athletes? I'm going. I'm going both. FDR. What do you what do you think? The Undertaker's an entertainer. You have a mic right there. Turn it off. Bret Hart is an athlete. Wait, what happened? The Undertaker? Yeah. He's an entertainer. But Bret Hart is not. The Rock? Is that a, First off, okay, here's no, what, but, here's but what I, I'm going to say. Wait, what did you say? I was looking at... I think I think they're both. I think they're very athletic in the things yeah. they do in the ring, but it's also entertainment. Yeah, I think it... I, I totally agree. I think you have to be a good athlete. Although, look at, like, Mick Foley. Mick Foley wasn't a good athlete. Or look at, like, King Kong Bundy. How he, yeah. he couldn't. He couldn't run a ten yard dash. Yeah, that's true. Do you guys still watch wrestling? No. 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 Do you? But, but think... I remember when I used to watch wrestling like a week ago. Uh, <laughs> last Monday. Night. A week ago, the Shamrock Kid beat uh, 
know. Isn't there a shamrock or something? Dude, There's know. shamrock shakes. How's John Cena doing? He was my man. You, you just said you watched it. John, I, re, I wrestling was not part of my childhood. You have I did. feel see see when I grew up in eight like the, in the mid eighties, wrestling was in its heyday with like Hulk Hogan and the whole sports entertainment blew up with WrestleManias and it was huge. Wrestling was huge. You go into newsstands, you there's wrestling magazines. There's yes. What was Hulk Hogan's reality? I think that reality TV show. Hogan knows best. Yeah, Hogan knows best, dude. Yeah. That's what I could that. watch that show for All a little day. while. Why? Because his daughter? His daughter. No. Brooke? Because of him. Why? You guys ever seen the show Dog the Bounty Hunter? That yeah. is Hulk Hogan. Yeah, I'm no, convinced. That guy's got a... That guy's crazy. Doesn't that show yeah. be canceled because he said that in word or something? Hulk Hogan. Isn't it really? No, it's on, it's on a different channel. Oh, they kicked him off his channel. By, yeah. by, by the way, Hulk Hogan has to, like, he's got to lose the uh, bandana. After. I mean, come on, dude. We are, look, Hulk, we know, we get it. You're bald. We've well, all seen you. That was the most... It's like Steven Van Zandt. Like, we get it, dude. You're bald. So what? Well, that was the most uh, interesting thing about Hulk Hogan's show is that he continues to wear the bandana outside the ring. He looks like he's about to go wrestling at any point. Yeah, like... He I, really I was, did. Like, he's ready to drop a leg on anybody that comes near him. He's like, I'm going to... street, yeah. comes up. I have a uh, I have a tank top, jeans, and my bandana, and the mm-hmm. same sunglasses. Like, he just wears everything right. he would normally wear right. into the ring. I think... Uh, I don't know. I, I yeah. I think they're ath- I think they're athletes, and they're also entertainers. I mean, nowadays it's obviously it's a soap opera for men. It is it, a it's, soap opera for men. Know, back when I was growing up, who is that? There's like a thousand different WrestleMania theme songs. WrestleMania theme songs. What's John Cena's theme song? By, by the way, this is gonna be funny. Rachel and I. Rachel and I, we got married at the Collinswood Ballroom in, in, in Jersey. And what what day was that? It was May 9th, 2009. And when we came down, the, when we got introduced, here's the song we came out to. And I kid you not. Let me it's see rambling. if I let me see if I can find it real quick. Um, I'm trying to look here. Oh, yes, this I got. Oh, man, right here. All right, check this out. Who was that? John Cena. John Cena. Play right, it from no. the beginning. Oh, Jesus. All right, here we go. Wow. Adam just Adam just got real excited He's over He's waving that. his hand in front of his face. <laughs> Wait, what did they say at the end? So wait. So that's John Cena's theme music. I have, I have a trivia question for you. What? Who was the first wrestler to come out to music? Macho Man Randy Savage. Nope. Ric Flair. Wait, is it John no. Cena? No. He was a rapper. He raps. No, the no, first wrestler to, to come out to, out to, to like an entrance a, to... Oh, to a rap song. Yes. Glenn Stride? No. Is that a guy? No. It it was Sergeant Slaughter. What did he come out to? I don't love Sergeant Slaughter. Robert Remus, I don't love him. What did Sergeant Slaughter come out to? I don't know. I just like know the American. I don't know what he came out to. National. But, but this is what Rachel and I got introduced as. This is the song playing. Ah, uh, yeah. I figured that was that's a, that's your speed right there. Is that? That's Ric Flair. Yeah, that's a that, good one. Yeah. 
See, the, what is what do you think is the best theme song? Oh, well, you haven't watched in recently. I haven't watched now. See, see, I feel like I, you know, I always loved what's that? The Road Warriors when the what, yeah. The, oh, what a, but the Road Warriors when they were like in the NW the Oh, what a rush yeah. when they used to come out. I see, I love that. There is there's there's two good ones. The one. I think Stone Cold, like the glass, the glass breaking, shattering, was great. Was just great. That was the it, best. It was like you you wouldn't even hear the theme song. You it was hear, just, you hear yep. the glass shatter and like the whole crowd would just. You're jump right. Up that was it. great. That I think there was nothing. No, better you're than right. That. You you're right there. Yeah, I the think. Gla- yeah, that's that one definitely. And the Undertaker's uh, theme music is like it's just chilling. Uh, yeah. Where is he? Right on cue. Where is he? That's a good. That's and a good and one. you know, Paul Bearer just died. Why the lights? Go yeah. Out? See, this is like strobe lights out here. Why the lights just go off? Uh, hands, hands where we can see him. <laughs> did, uh, <laughs> did, uh, did you know Paul? Uh, guys, you know Paul Bearer died. He was uh, the, uh, the, uh, the the yeah he was Undertaker's, like the Undertaker's uh, manager. manager. Yeah, probably about probably about six months ago. Does, uh, do you, how much money do you think the Undertaker makes? Like when I used to watch wrestling. Oh. Like last week, he's a, he's see him like once a year. No, he's over a million. Year. The Undertaker's big, even though he wrestles honestly. Yeah, like once no, the Undertaker's big. He's the A Rod of. Yeah, but they, they are. No, it, the but like you said, it's a, it's a, it becomes a soap opera. These guys don't even wrestle every week. No. They just come out and, and talk. Although and, back in the eighties, you had to pay to see guys like Hogan and Roddy Piper. Like now, every week these guys are on Monday Night Raw or whatever. You're seeing all the big time stars wrestle all the time. Back in the eighties, you had to wait for a huge pay per view to see the big time guys. You were seeing the Hammeneggers like S D Jones and Leaping Lenny Poffo. By the way, we 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 got it right here. One point eight million is yeah. what the Undertaker makes yep. every year. Yep. Plus on top of that, he gets first class tickets paid for every week. WrestleMania. He gets first class tickets paid for every week, hotel accommodations, and ground transportation paid for every week. What's the Undertaker's so real name? He, every hotel, yeah, real every name, every travel. It says Undertaker. No, I know his uh, <laughs> first name. Underlock Taker. <laughs> Under underscore. Um, underscore Taker. No, his real name is. Uh, Follow him on Twitter. <laughs> He'll never tweet. Uh, Too angry. It'll be very 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 dark. Ominous. Very dark. It's <laughs> scary. Um. Uh-oh. Yeah, I don't remember his last name, but well, okay, Kev, we're oh, wait, wait, before we go, I just realized. Here, turn it on. It's on. This is a basketball show, right, guys? Yes, sort of. And we're in the, we're in the tri-state area, the Philadelphia area. Yeah. And the Sixers just made. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, who? Brett Brown. Brett Brown cares. Well, we talked about that earlier. That we actually we were the first. We were the not the first or not the last. Probably the last to report that. Brett Brown almost was pretty much the Sixers coach before, and right. then he jumped ship and went to uh, wanted to go up to the Celtics, and then they jumped ship and took uh, Brad took Stevens. Brad Stevens. So yeah, Brett Brown back to uh, the Sixers. Good see, see Zach. Good Zach job. Zach brought something to the table tonight. Zach bringing something to the table at eight fifty nine. Good job, buddy. <laughs> so we want to thank we want to thank all our guests tonight, uh, George uh, George Visker and um, <clears throat> and Gene Haas. Gene Hats for uh, coming on, talking a little bit, of, talking about sportuality, talking about George with his concussions. Uh, go see Gladiator. Uh, buy Gene's, Gene's book uh, about sportuality. And uh, we also like to thank uh, our callers for the evening. Like to thank our interns, Chris, Adam, and uh, Zach for all their all their hard work today. God bless. Making fun of me about Love. zoos. Uh, I draft. <laughs> 
So we'd just like to thank everyone, uh, thank our sponsors one, one last time, Integrated Play, uh, Advocare, South Jersey Orthopedic Associates, and finally Foam Pack. Uh, we will see you guys again next week. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next Monday, 7 p.m., as always, the Matchup Zone. I got a million ways to get it. Shoes one. Shoes one. Hey, bring it back. Bring it back. Now double your money and make it stack. I'm on to the next one. 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 I'm on to the next one.